0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: What are
0: you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one There's that's it. One more. Get it around. No. They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for Where's the oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. (laughs) This This is
2: the sports loudmouth.
0: Yay. Man, can you keep it
3: down? I'm trying to introduce here with
0: Errol Marks and Speedy Beatty. You're not even a has been. Here it never was! Here it never was!
4: We never are one. back, ladies and gentlemen, for a new show of the Sports Lime Out. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host, Speedy. I need new glasses. Speedy. 631 672 3108. Is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: Speedy Petey, what's going on, man? Well, the glasses are not for style. They're, they're fake, are... ladies and gentlemen.
4: Absolutely, they're, yes, they're not fake.
1: prescription glasses. They are blue light glasses. Blue
4: light glasses. <laughs> Why are you wearing blue light glasses? That's What they're built for, they're
1: but are made, you what? is your eyes not welcome with blue lights? No, it's just better to prevent it. It was a good measure that my grandparents a while ago thought it was a good idea. My I think self- it's a great idea, yeah. Okay, yes. that's so that so the function of it is the what it's The function
4: for. of Speedy's glasses is blue light mania is to
1: reduce it. Yes, that's the point. How wonderful, yeah. And that's what they're for. They're not for style. Are you excited for going home this weekend? I am, and I'm also excited I am going to the Mets Padres game on Whoop-de-doo! Sunday. doo part, <laughs> part of my uh, my birthday weekend. My birthday's technically Tuesday.
4: That's but... right. We're going to celebrate it, too. We're going to figure out what we're going to do for your birthday one of these days, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to enjoy it, Speedy, yeah. like we do every single year. Right. Celebrate the little man's birthday. 27, right? That's right. 27. I remember when I was 27. Jeez. Oh, my You're God. Oh, in another country, <laughs> I was in another country when I was 27. Actually, so uh, I was in Poland uh-huh. when I was 27 years old. So there you go. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you guys. We will be talking at 9:30 with founder of JumpBall.net, Mo Dakheel. So he'll be joining us, uh, Dakheel or whatever the heck his mm-hmm. name is. And at 11 o'clock, we'll be talking to Off the Ball Network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. We'll be talking about the 49ers Warriors, and he's working in Kentucky. So he'll be joining us at 11 o'clock. Wow, what a sports sports night. Uh, We're going to get into uh, Kyler Murray signing a five-year, $230.5 million contract worth $160 million guaranteed for Mr. Kyler Murray. Uh, the latest Donovan Mitchell trade rumors to the Knicks include Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, and not one, not two, not three, but five. Yes, five first-round draft picks. Um, we're we'll getting to Jimmy D. I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy G. Granting was granted permission to seek uh, a trade, so Jimmy G. might be on his way out. Uh, he's going and looking for his own trade. Uh, You know, trade, I guess you could say trade rumor. Uh, What what do they call that? Trade Uh, partner. I wouldn't even say trade partner because uh, whatever. Anyways, Deshaun Watson is willing to sue the NFL if he misses the whole season of the NFL. So Deshaun Watson threatening the NFL that if they drop him for the year, he will drop him on their head. So, interesting. Matthew Kachuk announces he is not resigning uh, with the Flames, so he wants out. And the Yankees and the Mets reportedly will take Patrick Corbin's contract to trade for Juan Soto. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. So, why don't we get into, which one should we go into first? How about this? Let's go into the Deshaun Watson situation. Because we didn't get into that on Tuesday. And I sit here today, and I have a lot of respect for Deshaun Watson's talent. I I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20 years. I think he's special. I think he's a better talent than Patrick Mahomes. I've been saying that since the day they were drafted in the draft. And I don't care what their coaches say that. It's not like, if you don't draft Deshaun Watson, it's like not drafting Michael Jordan. I don't want to hear it. And Patrick Mahomes is the quiet guy, or he doesn't get in trouble off the field. I don't care about that either. Deshaun Watson, okay, as far as what we know about this lawsuit, it is not, I repeat, a criminal lawsuit. It's a civil. There is no guarantees that any of these stories are true. The three stories that he has come out and said that he has done, he said that he had sex with one of them, But it was a mutual sexual relation. She actually wanted to date him. And the other two massagists, he obviously got something on the end. The happy ending of it. And those two ladies, as proof, reached out to him and asked him if he wanted more. And more massages from them. So, those three stories, and, and I know there's six of them not settled. Twenty of them got settled for a worth about, I think it was five point something million dollars or something like that. And I think a lot of those stories were fibs and, and, and false stories. I, I think they just wanted to get a payday. And Deshaun just wanted to get them out of his hair. So, And after getting the 200 and some million dollar contract from the Browns, why does he care? But the NFL has been on this kid since the beginning of this story. And this story really has been hidden, I don't know, for the last couple of months. This story was going on for the last two years, and nobody was talking about it. And then all of a sudden, one story came out, and then it just blew like a wildfire. After the fact that he he was uh, sitting out for the season... Because of contract disputes and that he wanted out with the Houston Texans. Now the NFL, and I will say this. Deshaun Watson sat out all season last year. He could have played. He could have. But because this story broke last year, really in the middle of the season, Deshaun decided, well the NFL decided not to let him play. And I will go back to that. Why is it that a player was told by the NFL while this was going on that he cannot play, that he they actually sat him, suspended him from the league, and now t- there, there's a good chance that they can sus- suspend him for a full year because of this situation? Now, if they suspend him for the full year, he doesn't get paid for that year. Now, last year he got paid. They did not take any money away from him. For not playing him last year. And that's because they were looking and investigating into the story. I would agree with Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the full season, he has a a legitimate argument on why he should sue the NFL. There is no reason why the NFL... Should suspend him for a full season. You want to suspend him for six games, eight games, ten games. I could understand that. They want to, obviously, you know, show all the players in the NFL that if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Even though nothing was proven yet. Nothing. None of the stories. He, this story and, and these allegations went through not one, not two, but three criminal court cases. Federal too, and nobody wanted to. um, I guess what's what's the prosecute him? Now we sit back today, and again, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson is not a bad man. I'm not sitting here and saying Deshaun Watson didn't do all those things. I don't know what the truth is, but I will say this: Why would three criminal federal? Court systems drop this case. does that make any sense to you guys and if that's the case and it's just a civil case, why is the NFL going to step in and suspend this kid for a full season it doesn't make sense it's wrong and we have seen many different things happen domestic violent things happen in the NFL we've seen uh, you know stupid other things. Happen in the NFL from kickers, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We've seen a lot of different things that have happened. And this, he didn't beat anybody up. He didn't rape anybody. There's no proven that he raped anybody. He didn't do anything. And all the things that he did, he paid for it. So why is the NFL suspending this kid, if they do, for a full season,
1: Speedy? Please, explain to me why this makes sense. 10 games is what I was thinking he was going to get for a while based on a large sample size of those women coming out, which he settled with a lot of them, 26 out of the, the potential 30 that we And knew. I would say probably about 23 of them are not even telling the truth. I believe, I would say you got to err on the side of maybe half for now Until we know more I would say half and half is the dilemma Is the consensus of what you could go on right now To be able to judge I definitely believe some of them are taking the money I definitely believe some of them are telling the truth So let's play it on that Regardless, I think 10 games is the basis of it Based on the fact that I already passed through these other two court cases Now there's supposed to be another hearing coming up in the next two weeks And maybe that third one will have the best merit of judging What the NFL action is going to be towards it Because the NFL is a whole different thing from the Supreme Court Court, and that's a whole different thing from the civil cases. So, How much you want to bet the NFL sues him
4: for, uh, uh, the NFL suspends him for a full season?
1: If they, if he sues them, yeah, I, no,
4: I, no, no. He said he won't sue them. The only
1: way he'll sue them is if the NFL suspends him for the full season. Right. I don't think that's he what will. the story is. I don't is. think he will. I think it'll be ten games. I think that's going to be a basis because there's a lot, a large sample size. Most of the other ones, the other cases have been six games. Now Ray, Ray Rice's was the first one, and that was. That was initially two games Roger in it. Goodell loves this.
4: I, I, I really believe this shows his control oh, of yeah. the players in the NFL. He, yeah. This is what he loves. He loves these stories, and he loves to throw these players under the bus. Now, he, he's protecting the brand. We all know. Yeah. He's protecting the owners. We all know. And he's protecting all the teams in the NFL. But how about the players? How about the people that are the faces of this organization? Is he helping the
1: organization by doing this to a player when there's no physical proof that he did any of this? It's a tough dilemma for them because especially they, want, they don't want to get it wrong like they have in the past where they were under-suspending guys, but they also don't want to do it too much just for one guy. So that's where it becomes tricky. That's why I'm still thinking 10 games might be the merit for that. It also might be something like Ray Rice, where it might be kind of an indefinite thing, but also that he could re, be reinstated if there is more proof against that kind of cause, too. I think the next Supreme Court judgment, the next ruling in a couple of weeks will definitely be the judging of that.
4: And, and then listen to Snug. Snug says, well, Brady got... Obviously suspended for four games. We all know about Deflategate, but that's not the reason why the NFL suspended Tom Brady because of Deflategate. They wanted to come back and attack them for what they did before that. Throwing away the tapes, and everybody knows what Spygate was, and the NFL didn't do anything. Roger Goodell didn't do anything, really. And everybody's going to say, well, uh, they got fined and they lost the draft pick. That's great. And none of the tapes, none of the tapes were fa- found because the NFL got rid of them. Right. So we don't even know what was on those tapes. So the Brady story is completely false from what we're talking about here. There was physical proof, in, in many ways, that those balls were deflated. I don't think it matters, honestly. I don't care. I don't know why Tom Brady got suspended for deflategate. It should have been called deflategate. Who cares?
1: Yeah, they blew out the Colts. That has
4: nothing to do with the the whole Deshaun Watson debacle. Okay? I don't care about Tom Brady. This has nothing to do with Tom Brady. The fact is, is the NFL loves to control these situations. And this situation cannot be controlled. They cannot tell a player that they're going to suspend them for a full season when there is no criminal act
1: in what he did. Nothing. The NFL has to lay the justification of it now because Deshaun Watson is going to be the, one of the more unique cases of this you might deal with. You might have something where you're going to have domestic violence down the road from players. It have, it happened, Unfortunately, it happens all the time with with these players. And Deshaun Watson's case, it was with tons of masseuse therapists. Again, you're right. I don't think all of them are telling the truth. I think some of them just wanted the money, for sure. And two of them want to date him. That's, that's a whole different different story. But still... If they gave him the harsh one now, that means another one that actually did it could end up getting a harsh one again. And that'll finally set the precedent that the league has wanted to to need. Now, Deshaun Watson is not going to be the only victim of it because, unfortunately, he's not going to be the last one to do it, as sad as that Hold on, hold on. He
4: says, I'm an idiot because my point is deflating a football is a minor issue and showing your your penis is a crime. Okay, hold on one second. First of all, he... He showed his penis behind closed doors with a woman that he was paying. And by the way, he was showing his penis to a woman that was getting paid to do the things that he was paying for. So, how is that a crime? I I don't think it's a crime. If it was a crime, guess who should be in jail right now? Robert Kraft. Okay. How about that? Your buddy, Robert Kraft. But he's not in jail. That was thrown under the rug, like everything else with yeah. the Patriots. Right. So please, Snug, please. Deshaun Watson could be suspended for a full season. Roger, Robert, Robert Kraft, what, what happened to Robert Kraft? What, did he get fined?
1: Yeah,
4: probably. Oh my God. <laughs> not, it didn't force a multi-billionaire. <laughs> oh my God, that hurts
1: his feelings. Give me a break. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they didn't lose anything for that. They just had they lo- didn't lose nothing. No, they just lost money. They didn't. Lose it was n- a
4: joke. People were making. I mean, there were Saturday Night skits oh, on sure. Saturday Live. I mean, that's bound to be. That's happening. it.
1: <laughs> that's bound to happen when when you have that. Oh my God! Is Snug actually calling the show? I'll put him through. Wow, Snug, you actually called the show.
5: Oh my goodness!
1: Wow.
5: Well, the, the weed hasn't totally kicked in yet, so I can still put a couple of thoughts together. Let's hear it. But listen, you're a moron. You don't understand law. And,
4: you're and you really do? Very short Are you a lawyer? You're so a lawyer?
5: Let me explain it to you. I do have advanced degrees.
4: Do you? I have degrees, okay. not law degrees, and neither do you.
5: I have multiple th- advanced degrees. Have you been uh, to grad school?
4: No, I haven't. bit. To- so, I Carl- so hold on has. one second. Hold on one, snug.
5: I so because I've never been to, to grad.
4: Because I've never been to grad school. No, you're just I don't a moron. Know-
5: you run your mouth over and over and over and you say. And, and things, you're and, and you're not a moron. I could resist. So think about it in these terms. District attorneys bring cases that they can try and convict, right? I don't know if you've ever watched Discovery ID, which does not require any degrees, but they regularly talk about district attorneys not bringing cases because there's not enough evidence to convict. To your point, behind closed doors is a he said, she said situation. They probably don't have a camera on. So no, it is not going to reach the criminal level or standard to convict a person. But it can still be a civil issue. Second of all, Mm -hmm. The difference between Robert Kraft and these folks is, in Robert Kraft's case, there was intent. The person in the working in the salon had intent of stroking Robert Kraft, right? These women, women without the premise of doing
4: this. And you know that for a so, fact. And you know that for a that's, fact.
5: That's why they brought the civil complaint. That's why they were They brought
4: the civil complaint because one person complained about it. Because supposedly and he had sex with other one. Of them.
5: People thought it was a good idea, huh? That's what happened.
4: So hold on, Snug. We're going to sit here today, and we're we're going to go back and forth. We don't know the truth of this story. And and by the way, if there was some kind of intently true true story to the these particular stories, why did twenty of the women settle?
5: Why wouldn't they settle? They got paid to settle.
4: They got paid to settle. Absolutely, they could have gotten more money.
5: So they could have. Taken they could have the court,
4: gotten more money,
5: right? And they could have also maybe not gotten more money. It's whatever the jury. They're at the, the mercy of the jury, so they don't mercy know what jury of the they jury. Had. And when you see when you get an offer, you kind of weigh which one is a better which one's a better bet.
4: By the way, Josh says isn't paying a prostitute a crime? So paying for a massage therapist to give you a happy ending isn't that a crime? To sin- what does he say? Since sin- since he paid her. Since he paid her. I don't know if that's the case. Robert Kraft should have been. Uh, yeah, that's a crime. Robert Kraft was arrested, so yes, they were seeking a crime. Uh, but nothing happened, did we- it? Did he get it? Oh did he get it?
5: Did he have enough evidence to convict? Exactly. They had video. Because they didn't have they, enough they, evidence they to convict. They There's had a difference video. Between having video and enough evidence
4: to convict. Hold on one second. So they had a video of him getting a handjob <laughs> on the table. Okay, and that's not. Is that what
5: the video of? Do yeah. we know that? Have yes, we do.
4: It, it was. There was a video.
5: So then, why would they? De- then they must have had another reason. They thought they couldn't convict him.
4: Josh, we know you're talking about Watson. We're talking about Robert Kraft.
5: Because a Robert Kraft went and did what a Robert Kraft did, right? If they can convict this gentleman, they're going to convict him. There's probably some sort of plea agreement on his part because it is generally a minor infraction misdemeanor. I don't know.
4: No, it's it's not, I, I'm hearing it's not, it's not going to be a misdemeanor or a felony. It's a criminal case for money. That's what it is, and that's what these girls are trying to get. They're trying to get as much possible money. The no
5: thing as a criminal case for money. That's a civil case. Civil, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
4: I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up the word. A civil case. It's not a criminal case. The criminal cases are absolutely waived out of court. There is no criminal case. There's not going to be a criminal case.: This is yes, a,
5: because the district attorney didn't want to bring charges. Yeah, because there was no
4: because there, there was no proof. There's no full proof that he that any of these stories were true. And by the way, they've got they have reports of text messages from like five or six of the women that are suing him for big money. And two of them are the big ones. The one that he had sex with, which, by the way, he has proof that she wanted to date him.
5: So if they have this overwhelming level of evidence, why wouldn't they bring the case?
4: Uh, well, they here here's the thing. Now their lawyer, which is one lawyer, uh, he he's taking all 26 cases. He he's taken over 26 cases. Uh, I was watching on an HBO. He was saying that uh, because of the one story, he believes that when he sat with all these women, that all these stories were mounted together. He believes that every single story makes sense on you know the timeline of it. Now he doesn't know for sure. He's taking their word for it, but the timelines fit. In his, you know, presumption that th- that these stories are true. So, and, but then Deshaun Watson's lawyer came on, and he said, she said that they have physical proof that none of these stories were fully even true. And he, a matter of fact, he but she said that half of these stories don't even exist. That that it's not true whatsoever. So, if she's saying that, and they can't. They can't prosecute, prosecute him for any of the criminal cases. I would think that if it's just going to be cut down to a civil case, why should the NFL suspend him for a full season?
5: It's still a black eye in the NFL.
1: I, I understand. That's I, that's my I whole think it's going to be Tom either Brady. way. It's a, it's a very unique case that they're trying to have to do right now. How, how long did weird? Hardy? NFL
5: hasn't how did seen it, but it doesn't look good. How
1: long did Hardy? Hardy get suspended? got suspended initially just four games, but then they extended it later. How much? For the full season after that, it was indefinite at that point. But and, he played how many games before that, and he beat he beat the hell out of his wife. Well, the Panthers uh, cut, the Panthers cut him once they found out. I think he only played two games That's, that season. And then in the initial suspension, when he came to Dallas, was four games. So it was four games. That's what he gets suspended yeah. for. Right. He, got
4: th- he got thrown off the Panthers, and then after that, he lost four games. Right. So this guy almost brutally killed his girlfriend, okay? He got four games. And Deshaun Watson, who obviously paid these women to give him a massage, whoever it is. I don't believe all these women did all that. But some of these women obviously gave him a massage and gave him a happy ending or whatever the heck they did. you know. And, and he's going to be prosecuted for a full season? That, that's so that's you're just wrong.
5: The, the point of it.
4: What's because the point? Think What's back the point? to
5: when Greg Hardy, mm-hmm. when Greg Hardy did that, right? Mm-hmm. What was the absolute colossal public outcry? Uh,
4: d- uh, domestic violence.
5: It was terrible, right? Everyone was after the NFL for not not putting in a harsher sentence right. or a harsher suspension. So Goodell is reacting to that now. He's becoming stricter and putting in bigger suspensions to satisfy the public because he doesn't want that cross. He doesn't want to be the league that's soft on crime, just like no congressperson wants to be, or no judge wants to be the one soft on crime, or district attorneys, or whoever else.
4: But it's not a crime. Just, there, was, there was no crime to it. it, it it's, it's not a crime, dude. It, it, there is no crime. There's no criminal case. So how is it a crime? So th- That's what I'm because saying. because it's
5: not enough to convict does not mean a crime didn't occur. There's, those are two very different concepts. Back to what I said before, district attorneys bring cases they can win. They don't bring cases that are, are coin flips because they have to take in, into account all the number of cases they have, the amount of time it takes to try these cases, the amount of money, the amount of judges that are available. So they can't bring garbage cases. That's why the vast majority of criminal cases are settled prior to any trial. The plea deals that come into place because there's only so many prosecutors, there's only so many judges, and there's only so much time.
4: Let me ask you so a question. Let we're me ask... not... God, finish go ahead. up. Go ahead, finish up, finish up what you even say.
5: No, I was just going to say that in this situation, we're not arguing whether he should go to jail. That's a total different argument. That, I have no idea. But the NFL is going, something happens. something that's unsavory, something's untoward, and we don't want to be a part of. So that's why they're suspending him for Calvin a year Ridley, and,
4: and Josh says Calvin Ridley got suspended a year for betting. Watson will get a year uh, for, for this. No. Calvin, first of all, betting in sports, that's a no-no. And, and that, that we, we all know Pete Rose. We know the story behind Pete Rose. Betting in sports is a no-no for players. So, yes, he should be suspended for a full year. And that's actually, that's actually in the CBA rule, if you bet on sports. That is actually in the new CBA. This whole Watson, this isn't in a CBA, so they're they're trying to find you know they're trying to find a happy medium on this, and the happy medium is just Deshaun with Watson missed the majority of the season last year because they were investigating this, they were investigating this. The, the Watson situation is much worse than Ridley. How is it much worse than Ridley? There is no physical proof that he did any criminal act, so yes, you're right. I would agree with Snug in in some cases of what he's saying and his his arguments are uh, that it's in the way they're looking at it. It's criminal because there's no way to prosecute something that they uh, they can't you know they can't get all the stories to be you you know meet you know in a full you know full big story. I, I guess I don't know, but what I do I do know is they have they went through not one not two but three federal court systems. And none of them wanted to prosecute him. That tells you something. That's three. They tried to do it in three different court systems. And they couldn't prosecute him. And now they they want to take this into a civil case. Now six women are going to take it into a civil case. And I'm willing to bet you before this even happens he's going to pay them off. He's not paying them off. Because in his eyes, he just wants to play football. He doesn't want to deal with it. But I bet you if this goes to a a civil case, he's going to get off on this. Because there is more proof that these women were throwing themselves to him because he's the great Sean Watson and he's got millions and millions of dollars than them giving him a massage and him pushing himself on them. Who do you think they're going to believe? After the criminal thing, after this whole thing was waved off in criminal, what do you think the judge and what do you think the jury is going to, which side they're going to take? They're going to take the guy that has the money. They're going to take the guy that, I mean, physically could prove that he didn't push himself on these women because he's got text messages. He's got on and off phone calls from these ladies calling him. Those are facts. That's all I'm saying. Now, you want to say, I don't think Deshaun Watson should be suspended for a full season. I think six or eight games is fine. A full season, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's it just my opinion. Well, you got 20-something you got 20, 20
5: people coming up telling similar stories. Where there's smoke, there's fire. They may not all be telling the truth. You're probably, there's true. Smoke, there's fire.
4: probably true. Probably
5: true. Because otherwise, this would happen every week with every NFL player because they all got money. Or at least some level of money. I would, so, I would, agree,
4: I would agree with you. And not realistic. just NFL, baseball, football. I mean, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Any professional sport.
5: So Deshaun Watson is is the classic victim of showing up in the wrong place at the wrong time or doing the stupid things at the wrong time. If he had done it 10, 15 years ago, you're right, four, six games, something like that, maybe. Now everybody's tough on crime. So let me ask you a question you.
4: before I let you go, and we have a guest that can come in. Remember Ronaldo? Remember that whole case that he raped somebody? The soccer player? This, this happened like three years ago. And that got brushed under the rug. Why? And he, he, there is almost, there's a lot of people that said that he did push himself on this woman. Okay? But he got off of it. And he got suspended for what? Three games? Three games in Europe. That's it. That's all he got was three games in, in professional, uh, I guess, professional European football. And and there was physical proof that, uh, you know, that this girl can can show, you know, different things that he did to her. So I'm just saying there is no physical proof that he did anything. He didn't rape these girls. None of them said that he raped them. That's all that's all I'm saying. So yeah, he paid for sex, I guess. if if that's the way they want to say it, but we have seen many different owners, many different players. They've done this year in and year out. This isn't this isn't new. I mean, Kobe Bryant, remember the Kobe Bryant story? I think yeah, everybody had remembers his, that Kobe. Purple
5: Diamond to keep his wife. Absolutely. But, it's like I, a four
4: carat. And if, if, if the investigators didn't find her underwear and had, what, six or seven different semen, you know, specimens on her underwear, Kobe Bryant would probably be sitting in jail and might still be alive right now as we speak. I'm just saying, you know. She's a friendly girl. <laughs> Very friendly. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for have calling. Her party. <laughs> thanks for calling. Right, well Thank you for calling. Snug the cat, baby. Good call. I mean, first time it's called an over three two I like three years. that argument. listen i I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm, I'm willing to bet you guys that he won't he will not be suspended for a full season. i, I I'm telling you the NFL cannot suspend him for a full season, and if they do, he is going to sue them. he is and he's got a good argument. when we come back, we'll be talking to founder of the jumpball.net Mo Daquiel here on the sports Lab Mouse.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths.
4: 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN or Android. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We haven't heard from Snug. In a very long time, so we really appreciate Snug calling the show. Uh obviously calling me a moron, which I'm that's not the worst I've ever heard on this show, but that's all right. I, I don't I don't mind being called a moron because uh half the time I think everybody else is a moron. Anyways, we have a first guest. We are now talking to founder of the jumpball dot
3: net, Mo Dacio. What's going on, Mo? Oh, not a whole lot, my man. How about you? Uh, you know, I mean uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> that <kind of> <laughs>
4: The last time we had uh, had you on the show, there was a lot of back-and-forth banter uh, with Kobe Bryant and, and, obviously, Steph Curry. And we'll get into the whole Steph Curry saga because I think Steph Curry is just uh, a joke when it comes to the NBA and NBA basketball. That's just my opinion. Uh, but before we do that, how are you feeling, man? How's everything going, you and your family with the whole... COVID-19 since the last time we spoke.
3: We're, we're we're doing well. Everybody's rolling well. I I actually did catch a mild case of COVID literally just before the draft, but uh mm. it was mild for me. I was really lucky and 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 it worked out, man. I was able to kind of get over it quickly. The worst I had was a uh, probably the worst sore throat I've ever had, and that was about it. Otherwise, uh everybody's good. Everybody's rolling, and we're ready we're ready to kind of keep the summer going. Mm. Did you like the Espies? Did you enjoy them? I I don't watch y- either do I. Any. I I off season, man. Like I'm not trying to watch. I don't want to watch award shows to begin with. I wouldn't. I don't find them. More, I don't find them interesting. So there's no reason for me to tune one in. To of one of the
4: main reasons why I didn't watch that award show was the one guy that was hosting it. Okay, <laughs> I, I I can't sit there and listen to the the dumb, stupid comedy of Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Okay, that's just me. I I just I have no thought of my. You know, private life when I'm popping on the TV and wanting to find something that is going to, you know, free my mind from everything that I'm going through through the day is watch Steph Curry crack jokes. Okay. So the only joke sometimes that I want to free is Steph Curry shooting a three. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get into uh, the offseason? Obviously, there's quite a few players that became available. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irvin from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was available, and now he's not available. Maybe he is available. Uh, now uh, Rudy Gobert goes somewhere else. And now uh, the you know Donovan Mitchell story, which seems to, you know, is growing legs now, and uh, some people say this this. There could be a trade in line by tomorrow. I don't know what the truth is. I mean, there's different stories that I've heard, different rumors that I've heard. What has uh, your thought been so far this offseason for the
3: NBA? I think this is just typical business. I think some of it's been a bit wild. The Rudy Gobert trade was insane in the sense of the number of draft picks that he went for and and what Utah got back I think it's kind of sort of screwed up the market to a degree. Now everybody's saying, hey, every trade we got to get four or five of these picks. And, you know, look, it wasn't the first time we've had that. Drew Holiday went for a large haul when he got traded to Milwaukee. I mean, the Anthony Davis trade, Paul George going to Oklahoma City, these are big, big moves. But a lot of those moves were, hey, final pieces that led to championships. The thing with Rudy Gobert is like, this just maybe gets you out of the first round. Uh, I don't look at it as a a move that gets Minnesota out of the uh, end of the conference finals or into the finals in general. And I think that's kind of the the challenge there with that. They gave up so much. But now other teams are looking going, hey, you know, Brooklyn looking at KD going like the price for KD just went up, guys. Like we can't trade KD for less than what Rudy Gobert went for. And I think there's a lot of stuff that goes with all these things. And then the offseason in general in the NBA is always pretty wild now. I mean, the last few years we've had late offseason moves happen that's kind of created the drama or just, you know, all last summer was the Ben Simmons saga.
4: So uh, before, before and after, what were your thoughts to this Donovan Mitchell story? And 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 Danny Ainge came out and said uh, about two weeks ago that after Rudy Gobert Rudy Gobert got traded to the Timberwolves, that we're not trading Donovan Mitchell. He said it twice, uh, two press conference. He says we're building the team around Donovan Mitchell, and then uh, I think early last week it came out. I think it was Sunday night or Monday. Uh, that they're going to be taking offers. And, and obviously, the New York Knicks have always been Donovan Mitchell's destination. That's where he wanted to go. He grew up in New York. Uh, he grew up a Knick fan. Where does this guy go? And obviously, he's going somewhere. Where do you think this guy goes?
3: Well, for starters, I think this is just a case of never believe the GM or team president. You know, you can just see the move that they made for Rudy Gobert. Basically, even if Donovan Mitchell stays on that team, that's not a playoff team in the Western Conference. Maybe it's a playing team at best. And so just right there, you understand it like they're probably going to be more moves behind what they're doing. I think Mitchell does end up in New York. The, The thing is, I only know of two teams that are really trying to bid for him, and that's the Miami Heat. And the New York Knicks. I haven't really heard of a lot of chatter of a lot of teams trying to jump in. Part of it is because what Utah is asking for. With Utah's asking price being, hey, we want the same amount or even more picks that we got for Mitchell than, than we got for Rudy Gobert. That kind of takes immediately Miami out because all Miami really has to offer is Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and and two first-round picks. Whereas the Knicks have eight picks they could trade. And I think that's a the very interesting side of it. Now the question becomes how much are the Knicks going to bid against themselves? Cause they don't, they don't want to include all those picks. They don't want to include six, seven, eight picks. If they don't have to, if they're the only ones really negotiating, maybe Leon Rose draws the line at five. Uh, it gets really interesting with, with the negotiation, but for Utah, I think to have more leverage, then there needs to be somebody that's actually interested in trading for, go, uh, for Mitchell that has the assets that they want as well to kind of push the Knicks a little bit more in the leverage. But I think in the long run, he's been destined to be a Nick. It felt like for quite a while, they've been, they've been scouting him. They were at the playoff games, Mm -hmm. you know, not just scouting Jalen Brunson. They were there for Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's something that, you know, they've been on top of for a while. And I think that's the guy they're going to go all in on.
1: So in terms of the players that have been rumored so far, we've heard Grimes, we've heard Mitchell Robinson. Now the recent one is Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. What do you think is the best combination of those players? Do you think is fair for both those teams and, Same thing with the draft picks, too, because we know Danny Ainge is notoriously stingy.
3: Yeah, I think with the draft picks, I would try to hold on if I'm the Knicks at just five. Obviously, if I'm Utah, I'm like, give me all of them. (laughs) Um, And I think that's just kind of how it works. When it comes to the players, it gets really interesting. I think if I'm the Knicks, I want to hold on to Quentin Grimes. I feel like they really like him a ton. I love Obi Toppin. I wouldn't want to trade Toppin, but if this is going to get me Donovan Mitchell, maybe that's something I'm going to do. I know Knicks fans are going to be upset if Emmanuel quickly gets put in the deal, but let's just be honest here. If Emmanuel quickly isn't in the deal, but Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell are your starting backcourt, there's not going to be that many minutes Mm. for quickly. So it's not like he's going to develop and become a better guard and things like that. Now, ultimately, he's just going to be your bench guy for a little bit, come in and give you 20 minutes a game. So it's not as big of a loss if you trade Trade him to get Mitchell, and I think that's kind of the stuff you got to look at there. So, ultimately, if I'm the Knicks, I would try to hold on to Toppin or Grimes or both, and and try to keep just some draft assets. Because let's be honest, Brunson and Mitchell and Randall still not enough to really put you over the top in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I don't think that team gets out of the first round.
4: As everybody knows, we are talking to the founder of the Jump Ball, uh, Jump Ball dot net, Mo Dackel. Now, I I do. I do believe that if the Knicks keep Randall, they have Brunson, they have Donovan Mitchell, and they have R.J. Barrett. I think their team is quite good enough to get out of the first round. And I I, I look at the Eastern Conference, there's – I don't trust the 76ers. I mean, obviously, they, they gave James Harden what they gave him. He, he was going to take less, then he took more. I'm not surprised. So, James Harden. And the Nets are not the Nets anymore. We don't know what this net team is going to be. And if they do keep KD and Kyrie for just this year with Ben Simmons, uh, are they going to actually play together? Or are they actually going to work well together? We don't know. Uh, Miami, uh, Tyler Hero is probably not going to be there. I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tyler Hero. And... Uh, Milwaukee is the only team that stands out, and and it, and I know everybody's going to say Atlanta got better. They got, how much better did they get? You know, so I, I don't think the Eastern Conference and we and I, everybody's going to say the Celtics. We know the Celtics, and those are the two top teams. I I would say the Celtics and Milwaukee are going to be the two teams that beat in the Eastern Conference for the next two or three years because uh, obviously the Greek Freak and then Jalen uh, 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 Jalen Brown and and obviously uh, Jason Tatum, but. Uh, the Knicks are right there, and if they get Donovan Mitchell, I think they're a lot better than people think they are. The question is, is are these pieces going to work well together, and are the young players that they do have develop? That's going to be the question. If they do, the Knicks are—I I think the Knicks are a lot better than people think they're going to be. Now, is yeah. it going to—is it going to win them a championship? I—I I don't know. Okay, I, did 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 you think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown was enough for the for the Celtics to win a championship?
3: Well, I mean, you saw what they did throughout the second half of the season and the run they had. You had to believe by the time they got into the playoffs that they were a team there. Now, let's be fair. If Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, yeah, I don't think the Boston Celtics get to the finals. I think the Bucks win that series. Mm-hmm. But this is the way it works out. But to go back to your point about the Knicks, I don't trust their defense at that point. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle, not a good defender. Donovan Mitchell has not been a good defender over the past few years. And he is really disappointing on that end when you look at the fact that coming out of college, he was expected to be a solid defender, 6'10 wingspan, all of those things, a strong, sturdy build. And you just watch what he did in the playoff series. He let Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, who's now going to possibly be his teammate, Blow right by him over and over again. Mm. I don't think the Knicks defense is going to be good enough. RJ Barrett, who I think has gotten better, I still don't think is at that level. I'm not a big Randall believer. He had one year where he had a monster year. Last year was terrible for the Knicks. So I don't know where the confidence is coming from for you whoa. on where the Knicks are gonna come out. I mean
4: you said Randall had a bad year last year. I, I would 20 and 10 is not a bad year. It wasn't horrible. I mean, oh, he's
3: fighting with fans during that. Yeah, that's like horrible. Not, I mean, that's, that's I don't horrible. Talk about that, not be, no he question. He not want to be there at points. There's times where there's, yeah, there's because he wants to be the number one guy. Trade, he's asking for a trade demand and stuff like that. I don't know how you could say like, yeah, the numbers are nice. Yeah, you know, but that's that's fine. It didn't help you win anything. No, you missed the playoffs by you missed the playing the tournament by like what six seven games. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know if you can really kind of look at it they, going like that. And you, then when you go through yeah. your list of teams, yeah, you know you can assume Tyler hero is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's fine. They still have Jimmy Butler. They still have bam Adebayo. I'd rather take those two than what you'd get potentially, even if you have Mitchell and, and Brunson and, and, and Randall, I would still take those guys over them. You know, I think you, when you're talking about teams like Atlanta got better, I don't know if how much better they got, but they got better. And I would take that roster over. I would take the, the Knicks roster. I don't think like you can really kind of look at it as, a comparison. We know the top two. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on Brooklyn. Mm. No idea what the hell is going to happen in Brooklyn. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's, that's you just got to toss all the cards out. But I just don't know what, I don't know if, you know, we're looking at that. I think this is a team that's going to be fighting with Toronto a lot, and Toronto's pretty solid. So I don't know if you're going to actually say uh, Chicago, another team we didn't even mention, Mm. another solid team. I don't know if I can look at the Knicks and say like, hey, they can get out of the first round in the Eastern Conference. Those teams, I think, are all pretty much better. I think they're on par with Toronto and, and, and Atlanta to a degree. So
1: Jalen Brunson, the signing itself, the contract itself with the Knicks and also the fit with the Knicks. What do you think about
3: that kind of the, the, those scenarios? I have no problem with the contract. I think people got upset, I think, with the, oh, this, all this. That's what it costs to get guys now. You know, and I think that's just the way we have to get used to that stuff. And when the cap goes up, those guys are going to be making closer to 30 million. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it goes. We're just going to have to adjust for us. Like, I remember, you know, when it was like, yo, this dude got 8 million. That's a ton of money. Now it's like that's practically a vet minimum. So it's along those lines where he fits with this team. And let's just assume they don't get Mitchell right now. Mm -hmm. He's going to be their primary ball handler. And that's going to be interesting because I don't know if he's quite ready for that. I, listen, his best role in Dallas, even though he, he won playoff games as the primary guy in Utah, but he was at his best in Dallas when he was Luka's sidekick. And that's why the getting Mitchell is so important because I think that does work well. Mitchell and Brunson kind of working together to a degree on that stuff. I don't think he'll be as good as Donchich and Brunson, and that has nothing to do with With Brunson or Mitchell, it's just just that damn good. You must not like
4: R.J. Barrett. I mean, because I think you forgot the growth of R.J. Barrett in his third year. I I think he's slowly but surely becoming the star that they believed he was going to be when they drafted
3: him. I don't know if he's a star. I don't know if he's that star. I I think he's gotten a lot better. I'm excited for him. I don't think he's ever going to be more than, at best, a third option. I don't even think that's where he's going to end up. He's got a little while to go. It's going to take a bit. I'm not sure if if Tibbs is a great player development guy. I think there's a lot of questions in that regard. I think they're trying to make a push to get Hmm. into the playoffs. I think that hurts RJ's development because he's not right now. You can't put him in a position to be a number one guy. You can't put the ball in his hands constantly the whole time and and, and feel comfortable with that. That's not going to be something that gets you into the playoffs.
4: Well, when they did last year, they, they won a lot of those games. When he had the ball and he was the number one option, they were winning. And when they put it in Julius Randle's hands or anybody else's hands, they lost. Go look at the yeah. numbers. The numbers don't lie.
3: No, but look at when that stuff started to happen because that started to happen more towards the end of the season Yeah, when the season was essentially well, over. Well, it happened Knicks. in the second and half it, of the for,
4: season after the All-Star break.
3: Yeah, but it's it, they were running out of steam long, long before that. So it's not along those lines. When you're looking at that and you're looking at other teams that are beginning to tank and start throwing the towel and after the All-Star break, which tends to happen more often than not. Now, listen, I'm not trying to take a shot at the kid. That's great. But now let's see him do it on a more regular basis. He's not consistent enough. He's still not a solid enough shooter. He's not a solid enough playmaker yet. So for you to think that he's just going to come in right now and be the number one option is a bit, uh, He's too optimistic for me.
4: I don't think he's a number one option. I think he could be a great number two option. Um, and, and if you bring in Donovan Mitchell, I don't think it's Jalen Brunson that's going to be the two option. I think it's going to be RJ, the two option. Brunson, the third option. And if Randall's still there, Randall, the fourth option. Because that if, if you watch what Thibodeau did in the second half of the season, he was slowly but surely moving RJ to the first option. And that's why Randall was yelling with the fans. Because none of the fans wanted him to be the number one option. After we saw... The year with the COVID nineteen, when there were no fans, he was dominating. When fans came and started uh, coming and watching the games, I don't think he could handle the fans. I think that was a huge problem for Julius Randle. And you could check the numbers. Go look at the numbers. Well, I said it first. You when bet. the fans, mm-hmm. when the fans started coming in, his numbers started to dip significantly. I'm talking about four or five points. So uh, maybe he can't play in front of fans. Maybe he was better
3: off playing in front of nobody. So that's that's uh, my I, opinion. I, I, I... I don't disagree with you on that, but it also makes you have to be nervous that oh, you, the yeah. team gave him a four-year, $117 million contract. Well, he only has two <laughs> years left <laughs> on that contract, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, two years left and a player option for the third. He's pick, I can tell you right now, at $30 million, he's probably picking up that player option, guys, because I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to that in the, next, in the next deal.
4: If the Knicks don't trade him, and they could. They could move him. And and will t- if he has a good season this year let's say he has a fourth option he's given the Knicks 16 and ten that's great for a fourth option teams are going to look at that and they're going to say okay well you know, we can make him a 20 twenty five and ten guy because remember uh, a year ago he was 24 and, and, and eleven and he was an all star comeback player of the year so i I just think the problem with Julius Randall right now is can he handle the New york pressure i don't know if he can. We know Bronson's been. We know Bronson grew up in New York. We know Donovan Mitchell grew up in New York. And R.J. Uh, he looks like he can handle it. He's gotten better and better and better every single year. So I I don't know what R.J. is going to be. I've always said this, and, and Speedy could, could agree with me. I believe that RJ, when he hits his total his, his top end, we've seen what Williamson could do. We've seen what John Moran could do. If if the Knicks could give him the option to really grow into that that player, I think he's a twenty five and, and nine guy. I really think that's what RJ Barrett is. And if you can get twenty five points from your second option, the second, second option guy, he's an all star. And that's that that's what I think.
3: You are far more optimistic than me. I am. I am. He has not shown the explosion. He has not shown the explosion of John Morant. And and, and I'm not and, comparing and him to John Morant. No, 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 no. But like you're putting him up on that class, right? Like there's here's the thing: when you're talking about those guys, and we're not and we're not putting him on that level, but we're saying we know what those guys' their special skill is. Mm-hmm. We don't know what RJ special skill is. We knew John Morant's special skill when he came into the league. Right. We knew what Zion was when he came into the league in terms of just being I think we extremely do extremely powerful.
4: I think we you know, know what I... R.J. Barrett's skill is
3: and what his, is, it? is getting to the hole and drawing fouls.
4: He's he's working on his free throws. He's gotten better over the last year. I, I think he, a matter of fact, I think besides James Harden and who's the other guy, he's in the top five with drawing fouls when he gets into the paint in in the whole league. So if he's drawing fouls and he's getting to the hole the way he is, and he can just get his free throws up to probably 70, you know, I think he's at, what is he, 74, 73%. No, he was still at 69. Is he 69? Yeah. So if he could get it to 75 like LeBron, you're going to get at least 9, 10 points at the line every single game. He's getting to the line a lot.
3: I mean, mean, he's 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 averaging almost six free throws
1: a game. Yeah,
3: he's he's getting to the line pretty good amount, 5.8 a game. That's his strength. That's That's his strength. That's all, but that's not enough, right? Mm. Like, that's not the thing I'm going to look at and yeah. say, like, cool, I'm going to hitch my wagon on that dude. Mm. Like, that's not that you need something that you need to have a tangible skill besides just, Hey, I can get fouled and get to the line. Cause now you're dependent on the rest. Right? And, 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 and that's, a that's, that's a thing where it's like, all right, some days I get the calls. Some days I don't get the calls. And in the playoffs, him being a third year guy going up mm. against the Celtics, going up against the bucks, he ain't getting those calls in the playoffs. Right. So my that bad. Actually, 69 was his
1: career total, my bad. It was 71.4 last year.
4: 71.4, which is going up. It's it's gone up since he's come into the league. So if he could get it up to 75.
3: It's a dip. It's a dip. 74.6 the previous year, then dropped down to 71. So it's a bit of an up and down there. That goes back to the consistency with him.
1: Mm. Yeah, the league average, I think, is about 75. You might have that exact number. If he could get to 75%,
4: kind of like what LeBron did... Uh, he's going to be a dominant, he could be a dominant player. And I, I think he can get to the line. I think he's very good at getting to the line and drawing fouls. And when, if you look at it, when he was on and when th- he was the number one option, he was getting to the line a lot more, and the Knicks were winning. He was giving you th- 25 to 30 points a game. And he has done that. He went on, uh, you know, he went on uh, like a, a week, week and a half like killing where mm-hmm. he was he was scoring close to 30 points a game. And was I think he was player of the week one week. Too, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he could do a good it. player. I think he's he could do it. I think he's he can a good do player.
3: I, I I I just think that He's a, a great lot.
4: defender a too. He became a great defender. He really and, did.
3: And and that's where I gotta give Tibbs credit, because that's that's coaching. That's on Tibbs doing a good job with him on that end.
4: And we saw what we seen how important Andrew Wiggins is when it comes to defending uh, the best player on the court. You saw it in the finals, and if 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 RJ could give you that and give you more points than Andrew Wiggins can give you, you got yourself a star. And I I look at it that way. If you got a a, a shut down type of defender that you say, okay, I'm going to stick you on the number two, I, the, you're the best two guy or the best guard on the team, and, and I want you to shut him down. If he can do it, you're getting what you need out of him. And that's that's what I think. That's what I believe. As everybody knows, we are talking to
1: founder, the founder of the net, Mo Dakil. So, Julius Randall, you mentioned there's potential that he could still end up getting traded. Now, he was initially thought to be traded in the Mitchell deal, but now it doesn't seem like that's the case. Do you still see him getting traded if they do bring in Mitchell in a separate deal, or even like a three-way deal, if that's the case?
3: I mean... Yeah, I think there's a possibility of it. I just don't know where at this point. You know, I think like a lot of teams are looking at it going like, look, he had a hell of a year his first year as a Nick, you know, and it was really impressive and, and most improved and everything that went with that. Then last year, he hit the tank. And 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 and, and I think it wasn't in any way he could replicate it. And I think now it's a question of like, all right, well, which Julius Randle am I getting? Because obviously he killed it the year he had a contract year, got the contract, and then he struggled. And I think there's a lot of stuff there. So I think... I don't know if there's going to be a big market for Randall. I think you guys are right when you say, like, you got to see how he does this season and kind of repairs the value. Now, maybe that improves through the course of the year. I don't know if there's an offseason deal, but it wouldn't shock me if he gets moved at the deadline.
4: It's so interesting when we look at what Julius Randle was on his contract year and what he was last year. And and and, and I, I, if you look at the totals and the numbers, obviously his shooting percentage completely dipped, but his numbers really didn't dip as much as people look at it. I mean, he averaged almost 11 rebounds a game uh, in his his contract year, and he averaged, I think, 24. Last year he averaged 21. So it dipped three points. So did it dip that much? no. I I just think Julius Randle couldn't handle the pressure. You saw it, and that's why the fans – and he he also still believes he's the number one guy. And if Donovan Mitchell goes there and now Jalen Brunson's there, he's not even – honestly, he's not even a third option. He's probably a fourth,
3: you know, and that's – But the other problem with that is now he's clogging the lane. Yeah. Right? He's not a guy that's going to step out and shoot. And then the other aspect of it, too, is just not good defensively. You know, his numbers dipped scoring wise. He also gave up a whole ton more. Right. So I think there's a lot of those issues that you're dealing with in that sense with Randall. So it's, it it becomes a hard scenario. Now, listen, I'm all for it. Knicks go get Donovan Mitchell. You got to make the moves when you can make them. And I think you got to build from there, but it's, it's not an easy one in in terms of how much you're giving up and what are you going to have left over to really build after that?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. As we, as you know, we were talking to the founder in JumpBall.net, Mo
1: dakiel So I want to go back to the Nets. I know you're saying that you're not believing in them. Do you think they're stuck in their trade scenarios where it's going to be very hard for them to move Kyrie Irving now at this point, the Lakers being probably the only team interested now, and Kevin Durant, just so many other stipulations with those trades the team T's
3: interested in with the Suns and the Heat? I mean, ultimately, I think those guys are coming back. I think they're bringing everybody back this season. I think when you look at it, Unless the Lakers are willing to offer a second pick, there's no reason for the Nets to trade Kyrie there. It just doesn't make sense. They're going to take on more money to trade Kyrie there and only get one draft picked out of it. And, you know, whatever, THT or something like that. that's nothing for them. That doesn't that doesn't move the needle. And pay an extra $11, 12000000 for Russell Westbrook? Now you might as well just keep Kyrie for the year. And then I think what you're looking at with Durant is there aren't a lot of places that make sense for him that can actually give the Nets what they need. I think the two spots that make the most sense for him for the Nets is New Orleans and Toronto. Now, Toronto's not including Scottie Barnes, so they're basically off the table, right? phoenix deandre Ayton signed the, the the offer sheet they matched. they can't trade deandre in there and it didn't seem like brooklyn had much interest in bringing in deandre Ayton. miami we know their deal similar in the sense of they just don't have the the assets to be able to get kd the other team that i think is really interesting is new orleans hmm. i think new orleans can put a package together with a ton of the draft picks that they're going to get from the lakers their own from milwaukee like they have so many they control two teams draft fate for the next couple of years, like they can put together a package and center that around Brandon Ingram. That's going to get Brooklyn's attention. How about Golden State? Golden State's an option, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, Golden State could put the best package together with their young guys that they have. There's no question, but I also don't think Golden State wants to, to walk down that road. I think those young guys are going to be the bridge for them for their next, you know, iteration of the Warriors over the next few years as these guys start to kind of fade out. But New Orleans would be the team, I think, where KD can go there. KD, Zion, C.J. McCollum. I think just right off the bat there is, is, is a pretty interesting trio and then how you build around it. If you're able to keep Herb Jones with you on the roster and not include him in that deal, that makes things a lot of – makes things really interesting in all of that.
4: How about Memphis?
3: Memphis is interesting. I They have the package. Yeah. They could probably do it. I just don't see them making that big of a move, and I don't think KD is going to be that interested in going to Memphis.
4: Interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's so interesting when you look at this offseason, and everybody keeps talking about uh, the money some of these players are getting, obviously with the new CBA and uh, new TV deals that are coming out. It, it all it all works for these players. When you look at some of the things that we've heard uh, this offseason from LeBron James, and, and LeBron James is very uh, outspoken for some of the league and some of the players, what were your thoughts to LeBron James saying the things that he said about uh the the league as a whole and and really what it's trans it's changing into um as a, a of more of a league of stars than it is from what it was in the 90s and the 2000 era
3: i mean you know the honest truth is and i'm not i i haven't really listened to a lot of the lebron comments Listen, the seasons over i kind of chill for a little bit unless i got to come yeah. run it back but the 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 league's always been about its stars mm-hmm. you know like even in the 80s it was Magic and Bird. It was Dr. J. It was even when those ads. It wasn't the Boston Celtics. It was watch Magic versus no. Bird. This and that, like same thing in the '90s. It was all about MJ. Everywhere you went, you right. know, and he, and even as he was beginning to kind of fade out, Shaq was all over the place. Little Penny in the commercials and all of that. So why stuff. does
4: he think that, that that the league is more full of stars than it ever
3: has? I would say that we got. A lot of young talent coming up, I think, in a position probably when he was watching basketball. Like, let's just be honest. When Jordan retired, mm-hmm. the league was struggling with the level of, of star talent. Right. Nobody at so? that level. Tim Duncan, no, Kobe Bryant. Not to, but not to the point that was really blew you away. Kobe was still working his way through and was playing behind. Do shots. you think that, you that know, the talent right now blows you away? I mean, yeah, I think when you just look at every team across the board, every team has a reason for you to watch. That was not always the case. Let's be honest. There were many years we did not have to watch Sacramento or Minnesota in the 90s. We didn't have any reasons to. Let's ah, be honest. Chris Webber, I mean, that, that was a good team. Mike I Bibby. was in the 2000s. I'm talking 90s. There was no reason what to watch Well, it was the
4: late them. 90s, early 2000s. With, I mean, with like, Sacramento you
3: know, we're, but we're, we're, really the Kings only got good what is in this, that 2000s. And what does the but, Sacramento
1: Kings have right now? The longest playoff drought in sports.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean they're, <laughs> or, or okay, they're the one team, but like look across the board there. But look across the board there. You got all these young dudes, Ja Morant killing it in, in Memphis. Listen, Giannis is like 26 still. He's still a yeah, baby. Yeah. You got the you just talked about Tatum yeah. and Jalen Brown. They're in their mid-20s. Like you got a lot of young talent across the board, and the guys that are coming in are constantly just as exciting. Like I'm fired. It's the, the funniest thing is I'm excited to watch the four worst teams from last season this coming year. I want to watch what Orlando does with Paolo Banchero. I want to watch what Houston does with their young guys, from Jalen Green all the way to Jabari. Still. I love
4: Jalen Green. I ever since he was drafted, I I I've, I've thought of him. He reminds me of. Um, I remember you said James Harden a while ago. No, no, no. He's because, but he's better than James Harden. He might be. Yeah, he's I better than that. James Harden. I, I, I would say. Yeah. I mean, he has the ability. Like he's got the speed to get to the hole, like uh, an Allen Iverson. Mm. But he could shoot. Um, he's, he, he's good offensively and he proved last year in certain aspects, his defensive game could really, uh, you know, really dominate too. I, I mean, that kid is going to be, I, you see what John Moran is going to be. I think, I think green's going to be right there at that level. I think he's going
3: to be fun to watch. I really I do. Mean, it's exciting. Yes. But like, that's the thing just across the league, Lamelo ball reviving Charlotte oh, God, to God, a degree please. where it's at least worth watching. I can't please. stand that kid. Of course you can't. But everybody else, it's league pass. It's somebody that wants to have fun. is going to watch him because it's exciting. He's going to make it fun. It's exciting to watch. Maybe you're not in for fun. I don't know. You're a Knicks no, fan. We're, so we're just, we're just hold on. Hold play.
4: on. Hold on. Because I'm a Knicks fan, I'm not in for fun. Come on, man. I, mean, Season, man. I don't heart, even watch the Knicks. Have the Hornets has been that much worse than the Knicks. Now. I watch 15 games of the Knicks this year. I can't even watch them half the time. And, and one of the main reasons why I can't watch them is the way they play the game. I, I, did, I like RJ. I think Think RJ special, I, I really do. And I think he's a lot better than you think he is. But the, Lamella Ball, I, I, I just, I, I, I think to me he's. Too, first of all, when he came in, when he got out of the draft that year, I think Anthony Edwards was the best player in that draft. I, I, I do. And and as much as I think Lamella Ball is the best ball out of them all, that's not saying much for all three of them. I mean, I, you know, uh, Lonzo Ball is is played for. What two, three different teams already? Yeah, and, and the other one, the other one. I mean, <laughs> nobody <arrested>. wants. <laughs> Got arrested. Nobody yeah, wants. Well, I mean, I mean
3: we're, 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 the other one was never an NBA. Yeah, player. I don't no. think anybody ever expected. Well, don't tell Eagles that to his it. father. Yeah, that's fine. But that's Lavar's <laughs> that, an idiot. Like whatever. But like that was the thing. But like when you watch what Lamelo Ball does, is he brings excitement to the game. That's all I'm saying. And when you're looking across the league, that's what you want. You mentioned Anthony Edwards. Minnesota is now very much more watchable with you know Anthony Edwards.
4: you know what Lamelo Ball reminds me of. Jason Williams. That's yeah, who we're, that's a great cop. That's, that's a great cop. That's comment. what I think he is. I think he's he's never going to be better than Jason Williams. That's what he is. He's a 15. Uh, he'll give you a 10 assist, and he'll give you uh, five rebounds. That's what I think he is. Uh, that's He's a Ben Simmons. That's what he is. He's a little bit – obviously, he's better than Ben Simmons. Because <laughs> Ben Simmons can't shoot. <laughs> right. I mean, but that's what he is. That's the type of player – I can never see him You know, being a 30 and – 10 and something else. I just don't think he's that type of guard.
3: Yeah. I mean, no, that's fine though, but build a team around that or with that to help sort of elevate that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're looking at in Charlotte, but to your just larger question in terms of stars around the league, I pointed to places that we probably normally would just skip over right. in mm-hmm. games, you know, and that's, and that's what you got is you have stars all over the place. We're pretty much, you can flip on a game now and you just, there's a reason to watch. There's a reason to watch Oklahoma city versus Orlando now. There wasn't a reason last year, Mm. but now you have Paolo Banchero versus Chet Holmgren and and what's going to go on in Oklahoma City. I think they're going to be a really interesting team. Mm. Detroit, tons of fun right now. Cade Cunningham and at the end of that season, I thought was really impressive. I'm excited for them. There's just a lot of talent to go to that question where across the board, everybody has somebody that you could at least go, cool, I can watch this game for a little bit.
1: So I want to build off of that question because a lot of these big threes that have been formed in the past too, LeBron obviously starting it and popularizing it too, and then now we've seen other teams try to duplicate it and it hasn't worked. But now we've also seen like maybe two stars and and depth in these other cities too. Can you see that kind of thing where not necessarily the biggest markets, the L.A.s, the New Yorks, strive off of that kind of thing, where even those second-tier markets that are still good popular markets can strive?
3: Yeah, I I think you're watching it. You know, and sometimes it's making sure you get the right guy to be in that area that wants to be there. Like it doesn't feel like John Morant wants to leave Memphis anytime right. soon. It seems like he's all in on Memphis and in a small market. Giannis being a big one, right? Him re signing was a huge win for Milwaukee and usually for a lot of the small market teams. I feel like there's the, the possibility there in terms of that. How the teams build, though, it's going to get really interesting now. I think when you look at teams that watch the, what, what happened in Brooklyn in terms of not just going to get Kyrie and KD, then bringing in James Harden, but really kind of just turning the franchise over to those guys. Same thing in L.A. with them basically just turning the franchise over to clutch management and letting them sort of decide who's not on the team and who, who they should trade and things like that and which they should bring in. I think you're going to start to see teams pull back from that a little bit and start to make a little bit more smarter decisions in how they build and think longer term right there. The most important thing, and I know this is my man's favorite team, but the Warriors have been built for the most part from the ground Mm up, right? Besides KD, everybody on that roster for the most part were guys they've drafted and developed. Mm -hmm. uh, Steph from Clay. Draymond to even Kavon Looney, you know, and, and Andrew Wiggins isn't a guy that they drafted, but they're a guy whose career they turned around because mm-hmm. we weren't talking about him in uh, Minnesota, the way we're talking about him now. And I think that's the stuff you're going to start to see a little bit more teams, try to focus that way. That's something Memphis is doing right now. Give credit to Boston. That's what Boston has done at this point. I feel like you're going to see more and more of that.
4: As everybody knows, we are talking to the founder of the Jumpball.net, Mo Dacuil. Last question for me and this is about your favorite guy Steph Curry it seems like it's everybody's favorite guy i think one of the most over- overrated players in nba history you try to compare and contrast these these players and you try to look at Steph Curry and there's nobody that you can compare to Steph Curry's shooting ability nobody he is a special shooter there's no question that he is but his all around game for anybody to put this man first of all i know he won four titles it takes a team to win four titles okay for anybody to put him in the top 10 of greatest basketball players is crazy. To even put him in the top five of point guards of all time is crazy. Why is it that, you know, not only analysts, but people who obviously didn't watch the game in the 80s and the 90s ever thought or ever think that Steph Curry is anywhere close to the players of an Allen Iverson or, I don't know, uh, John Stockton or uh, Isaiah we Thomas? You know, Jason Kidd, John Stockton was a special player. And, and if you look at the teams that he, the, the Utah Jazz, as much as Carmelo was a great offensive player, he was a great offensive player. That team was so crappy. I mean, honestly, the fact that the Western Conference was so weak at some points when the time of Michael Jordan was dominant, that's the only reason why Utah was in the finals back-to-back years. Or was it it, Jeff Hornacek was their third best Hornacek. player? Yeah. <laughs> Hornacek, yeah. I mean, first of all, Jeff Hornacek was a, a career 14-point scorer. I mean, <laughs> right. the fact that anybody thinks that that guy should be in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous.
1: But, oh, please, God, no. I mean,
3: I, how— everybody, I, I, everybody gets in in the I know. League, that's what I was just about to say.
1: Everybody's getting into the Hall but of can Fame. Can the now. NBA just put their Hall of Fame voters to baseball that are the other extreme and are too strict? <laughs>
3: Well, nobody really even knows who the NBA voters are, but that's a whole <laughs> other much. issue. In, that in, in in the Hall of Fame discussions, is yeah. a whole other discussion. I agree. But to your Curry discussion, we're talking about a dude that's had a profound effect on the game in the way, like you talk about Island Iverson. Let me put it to you this way. AI came into the game. The way he was crossing people up and things like that, everybody started working in their backyards in terms of crossing guys over and things like that. I'm not 6'6". Six, six. I can't pretend to dunk or anything like that, but I can work on my crossover, and that's what I was doing when I was watching AI and those things. That's what Curry's done. Curry has kids now, and we can argue whether they should be or not, but he has kids working on their shot now. And that's something that's different, and it's changing the way the game's being played Which, and the way it's going to be played. I agree and the other you thing know. you got to look at, and here's the most important thing, teams, especially go watch the finals. Hmm. They were putting two, three guys on him, and he was still busting them. He was still busting them. It wasn't a matter of, hey, he's got all this space. They literally were saying, we're going to put a couple guys on you. He's still getting free and hitting threes in their eyes. He's gotten better defensively. He doesn't get as much credit as he deserves defensively, but he's gotten a lot better on that end. He's not to the point where, hey, we're, we're going to be able to go at him constantly. Teams try to, and it's, it's almost like a, a cornerback that everybody picks on so much. Just out of reps, he's mm-hmm. gotten better. And that's exactly what's happened to Curry defensively on that end. Boys, the switch is really well until he has to. And at that point, you're late in the clock and you're screwed. I think the scenario when you watch about it with Curry is he has fundamentally changed the game. He's a better passer than I think you're giving him credit to. I think he turns the ball over too much. And that's my big knock on it. That's why I wouldn't put him in the place of like, I think I have Isaiah higher than him and things like that. But you, can, I think there's no way you can argue his greatness. You think and he's a top five point guard of all time? I think he's in the. I think he's in the top five point guards. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to put him in there. I think you do. I just watch what he does. Go watch. Shoot, was it game five when the when the Celtics just said he scored forty three? Game game four is when he scored forty three. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Game five, he had a bad offensive shooting night. But yeah, he missed nine three pointers. Yes, but the Celtics literally just said anybody but him, and he was doing a great job diamond people up. He did a great job finding Draymond on the short roll and leading to more actions and things like that. That's the stuff you need from Curry. And I think that's the stuff there that we're not giving him credit. He deserves because we're all looking going like, well, he went over nine from three bad night. It wasn't a bad night. What's more impressive is the dude won for nine from three and it was a good game that he had. And I think that's something that we got to kind of look at a little bit more. I think he's better than you're giving him credit for. I'm going to put him in the top five.
1: All right, my last question is the wave of the league now. We're seeing, like, obviously the big men fading out the way, the true big men. But also there's point guard. Because goes- of Steph Curry. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> and also, but also I will not say. Not because of
3: Steph. I, I would also say this. we discussed <laughs> They the- got to shoot threes or they're
4: not going to be. Yeah, not but that, be was, the- long oh, that was
3: long before Steph. That was long before Steph. I'm telling you right now, that was long before Steph. The st- The stretch big man was something that came from Europe. And it was something I remember working on. In it was Dirk
4: Nowitzki, yes, but Dirk Nowitzki was the first. But I, honestly, I think I think Steph Curry kind of made these you know these big men turn into those three point shooters. How are you supposed to win if you have guys shooting thirty to thirty five three point sh- shots and you're hitting, let's say, you're hitting 24, 23, How are you supposed to win if you're going into the paint? There's no way you're going to win. Because you're you're scoring one extra more point than, than going for a two unless you're getting fouled and going to the line.
3: But it's your job defensively to make sure that these guys aren't getting clean looks at threes and open opportunities and to run them off the line and force them to take twos so that they're playing in your area and playing in your world. That's the job when you're a, a, a coach in the NBA. When you're strategizing, that's what you got to do. But you can't put that on Curry in terms of the big men because that's been coming along – I worked with Matt Bonner, the Red Rocket. He was a three-point shooter as a big man. He wasn't a post-up guy. But, I I mean, I think that's the stuff you got to kind of look at.
1: So my question overall was (laughs) we've seen the fading of that, but we've also seen, like, there's not as many top point guards as there was even, like, six, seven years ago, too, when that was kind of the trend of the league because of the Warriors creating these great back courts. It's more of, like you were saying, stretch big men and also top wings that could handle the ball. Do you think that is the wave of the league now, with maybe, like, a Luka Doncic being the face of
3: it in the future? Yeah, I'm actually really worried more about the point guard position than I am the big man position. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of guys that I like to call connectors, guys that keep the ball moving and keep it flying across the court. You know, guys like Ricky Rubio, they're unsung heroes, but they do a great service for teams. And there's a reason why Cleveland fell apart once he hit his ACL injury. Right. Like they they started to drop. They were third in the Eastern Conference. Now, granted, they probably wouldn't have stayed that high but they started to drop because they lost that kind of passing stuff. I think when we're going to lose guys like Chris Paul yeah. and things like that, we don't have the guys that move the ball in that sense. And I, I think it's going to get really worrisome because now everybody is trying to mimic being a scoring guard. And that's stuff that started as early as Iverson, right? You didn't need to be the point guard, just be a scoring guard. And that's it. Even if you're undersized, just score a ton and you'll be fine. We're not, we're going to be, having to watch what happens to the point guard position over the years because we're not seeing a lot of true, just straight-up playmakers.
4: Well, we really appreciate your time, man. As always, I disagree <laughs> with Steph Curry. I do not think he's a top five point guard of all time. Definitely not a top 10 player of all time. But I would say it, it, for what he's done, he's won four titles. He's He's been there. He's been one of the faces of this, you know, this league for the last 10, 12 years. Remember, when he came into the league, man, his first six years were uh, they weren't the best. He really transformed his his game in his fifth or sixth year. Uh, I, I do believe that he, he's made the game worse, but also made the game more interesting. <laughs> so it it, it it is because it is more interesting because now all these guys are trying to shoot half court threes and 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 do all these crazy things. And Steph Curry really brought it into the league. So I got to give Steph a little bit of credit, but to sit here and say he's the great one of the greatest of all time—that's a little out there. I, I do not believe that but we really appreciate you man and we watch you on again because I love arguing with you as always
3: sounds good my man
4: as everybody knows uh, we were just talking to the founder of the jumpball.net, Mo Dacchio. wonderful guy
3: mm-hmm. I, thank you for having me I
4: I, I love to have you man <laughs> I love to have you not not as much arguing as I expected but um, oh. the guy' got the guy's got uh, his own thoughts and that's what I love about him you know <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> uh, 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 uh. And we're both wearing red. I, I guess there we go. I, I guess there that's something go. that's something that we kind of agree to—the
3: red color. But uh, we can roll with that. I like it. Is that a soccer? <laughs> that's a soccer jersey, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm rocking a Mo Salah jersey. All
4: right, I know Mo Salah. I'm a, I'm a yeah. soccer fan.
3: There we go. There you there go, go, man.
4: But we really appreciate you, man. As always, uh, thank keep, you. Thank keep you for up the good work and what you're doing, man. We really enjoy. Thank it.
3: you. All right, I'll see you guys.
4: Absolutely, Modakil.
1: Ah. He's got his own opinion. Oh yes, he does. Mm-hmm. A lot of good ones, but not the argument of Steph Curry. <laughs> no,
4: listen, I'm going to argue Steph Curry to the day I die. I know. It's it seems like more and more you're just waiting for the one analyst to like no, agree with you. No, there are <laughs> a couple analysts that would agree with me. You think that all the analysts disagree with me about Steph Curry? We've talked to analysts that would agree with me that he has either ruined the game or he's yeah, yes, he's a great, the greatest shooter of uh, of all time. Yeah. They, I mean you can you can't argue that. But to say that he's one of the greatest players of all times is is crazy. It really is. Because the game has changed and has it changed for the better? I would say it hasn't. So for for anybody to think that. Um uh, at 11 o'clock, we'll be talking to Off the Ball Network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton, so he'll, he'll be coming on. Uh, I want to get into some football, get back into football. I'm sorry, we were just in football. The Kyler Murray signing, five years worth about $230.5 million contract, $160 million guaranteed. Here's the thing. Kyler Murray, if you guys play fantasy, is one of the best fantasy players in all of football. Okay, I don't think anybody's looking at his fantasy numbers and saying, I'm going to pay him $230 million for that. But Kyler Murray did not play well in the playoff game. He also lost against the Rams, which won the Super Bowl last year. What I will say about Kyler Murray is he's a fantastic talent. He's a very accurate thrower. And for the weapons that he had throughout the season with injuries, he played a lot better than people expected him to do. And and I will say this also, for all the people that thought he should have went and played baseball instead of, obviously, football, if you remember, he was a top-five draft pick by the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. and he decided to give back the 7 or $8 million guaranteed that the Oakland A's gave him to go and play professional football. It was his dream, and the fact that he was the number one pick, I, I would say... He's probably one or maybe only the second player in in sports history to be drafted in the in a top ten in two different sports. So, I mean, everybody keeps talking about Russell Wilson. He was drafted by the, I think, the Yankees, the Rangers, the I Rangers. Was. He was, he
1: was a, traded to the Yankees later. I think. I think he
4: was like a third round draft
1: pick. I don't even think he was that high. I think he was even later. The yeah. Months.
4: I mean, this guy was a first round, early first round pick in baseball, and and he was the number one pick in football. And and the pressure that this kid has on him. Look at him. He's five foot. He's probably five nine, five ten at best. Okay. He's got small hands. He he is the bit one of the biggest offensive lines in football. And it's amazing how he's as accurate as he he is. I think he is amongst the league's top five in accuracy. Uh, okay. So uh, now. And I I know, Snug, um, Dave Winfield might have been the only one. Dave Winfield was drafted not one, not two, but three sports. He was drafted in football, baseball, and basketball. I didn't know it was basketball.
1: Wow, that's cool. So
4: Dave Winfield is one of the best athletes to to ever play any sports. And and Bo Jackson,
1: maybe Bo Jackson, I think. He was probably the most successful when it comes to the all-around. I don't think he was a first-round pick in baseball, though. He was a, a first-round pick in football, then he, he didn't want to play for the Buccaneers, then ended up going to the Raiders after that. But I don't think he was a first-round pick
4: No, you No, know, I talked to Jeff this morning or, Well, he was hitting me up, and he was telling me that Kyler Murray got this big contract They're stupid, Arizona's stupid. I don't know how stupid they are. If they decided to part ways with Kyler Murray and they go into the draft next year, and everybody keeps talking about this draft. The last time they were talking about a draft, it was the Sam Darnold draft. Do we remember, I think there was maybe out of all the five quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round or six quarterback, it was five. five. It was five. Lamar Jackson was an MVP. He's never won, a, he's won one playoff game. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, he's won a few playoff games, and he's never won an MVP. Those are the only two players. And, and that draft, everybody was comparing to the 2004 draft with Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. All three of them are going to the Hall of Fame. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson might have a chance. Mm-hmm. Might. Right. There's no guarantees to it. So, everybody talking about this coming draft being like, wow, this is going to be a crazy draft for quarterbacks. I remember this before. It doesn't turn out to be that way. It doesn't. One or two guys at the, the most will you know, either change the game or will be decent enough to be either stars or good players in the league. So... There's no guarantees in the draft. Kyler Murray is a gallant, guaranteed. He's a guarantee. Now, could you win with Kyler Murray? That's the question. Now, Kyler Murray, when the pressure was on him and after what happened in the playoffs last year, uh, he dropped following Arizona. He dropped following the players on the team. That was baby-like. That That's immaturity. But he's also a young man. He's still a very young guy. He's 24 years old. He... He's really developed in a sensational player. They brought in, uh, obviously, Hollywood Brown, his best friend. Does this make him a better player this year? I think what makes him a better player this year is the contract. Because now he doesn't have to worry about that extension. All he's got to worry about is stepping on the field and playing his game. And I think, I'm not going to bet on his coach, but I'm going to bet on Kyler Murray. I think he's got the talent. I think he's got the ability to take this team all the way. Drew Brees did it, Russell Wilson did it, and honestly out of all three of those guys coming into the league,
1: I think talent-wise, Kyler Murray is the most talented out of all of them. I think at the point of what they had to, when they had to Get, extend Cliff Kingsbury, they had to extend Kyler Murray. They really didn't have a choice. If they signed Cliff Kingsbury back and then let Kyler Murray walk or traded him for whatever reason because they didn't want to pay him the money that they ended up paying him, it would have looked a lot worse. Yes, the quarterbacks in this class are very nice. I I think there's a lot of good ones. But Cliff Kingsbury— You Kings, think. That's the word. You think. Regardless of what they end up becoming, they're still going to have to learn a scheme that—, that Cliff Kingsbury has still kind of been questionable of in the NFL and Kyler Murray's been the guy that's been comfortable in that scheme. So why would you let him go and take a chance on a quarterback that might not fit that kind of mold? I'm not saying that these quarterbacks can't be better, whatever. The point is he's a fit for the Arizona Cardinals and he's a fit for Cliff Kingsbury. The other thing is Arizona is not a good quarterback development franchise. Usually when they've done well, they brought in Kurt Warner. They brought in Carson Palmer. They brought in guys from other teams and made it work. Veteran quarterbacks. Jake Plummer had a couple good years there. Fine. Whatever. They're not... Historically, a good quarterback franchise, so they had to. They knew they had to lock that down. Same kind of thing I was talking about with the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. They've been great at developing other positions, probably outside of wide receivers. They don't develop quarterbacks well outside of Flacco in their franchise history. So that's one of those things where I would give Kyler Murray, even if they do have to pay him a little more, the benefit of the doubt. Now, where it's risky is the injuries of himself. He's had two injuries in the last three seasons already is that going to keep up for somebody his size that's the one thing i worry about i don't worry about the so playoffs. you're going to give up on a player because of his injuries I, I wouldn't no i think they made the right decision because i wouldn't overreact on one playoff game and i wouldn't overreact on the money just because of the quarterback market he lost against the super bowl champions yeah exactly that's why i'm not overreacting to that just because of that eli he play, Manning. he didn't
4: play a good game either and they play and they
1: had the home game didn't mm-hmm. they i think they uh, no they no oh, they the rams had no the home they didn't game. have the home game but nevertheless Eli Manning, who won two Super Bowls, got shut out in his first playoff game against the Panthers, 23 to nothing. The Giants didn't say, all right, up two years later, oh, uh, Oh, Jamarcus Russell, big flashy guy. Oh, Brady Quinn, big flashy guy in that draft. Whatever. I forget the quarterbacks, the rest of the quarterbacks of that draft. They didn't say, all right, let's give up on Eli Manning. No, Tiki Barber retired as we, as we were talking about with Brandon Jacobs. No, they didn't give up on that. They stuck with it two Super Bowls later. And the Cardinals, same kind of boat they're in. They're, they're so talented in a lot of other areas. Yes, they could use some offensive line, like you were saying, some secondary help, maybe some depth. But beyond that, they're a very well-built team. I think they should be just fine with that. And they don't develop quarterbacks well. So if they gamble on losing Kyler Murray, I think it would be a lot worse.
4: I, I think it is going to be a lot worse if if if, if Kyler Murray doesn't really produce the, to the player that everybody expects him to, to be. I, I think Kyler Murray last year was thinking about the contract and the extensions that some of these quarterbacks were getting over the last two years. Dak Prescott's contract was right. just crazy. And Kyler Murray is a better overall all-around Quarterback than Dak Prescott. So if I was Kyler Murray, I wouldn't be happy either. Now, what Kyler Murray is going to have to do this year is they're not going to have Hopkins for early of the season, the first six games, but they do have weapons. They have a good running game. They have a very good offensive line. I want to see Kyler Murray really develop into the player that we thought he was going to be early last season. Last season, if you watch the first six or seven games, Kyler Murray was really an MVP candidate and then kind of fell off in the middle of the season, not because of the competition, because he was making you know shameful passes and and doing things that – you didn't see him do in the first seven or eight games last year. I want him to be consistent. If he's a consistent quarterback, this guy could be an MVP candidate. Like I said, when he was drafted, when you talk about Russell Wilson, who was a third round draft pick, pick, and you talk about Drew Brees, who was a second round draft pick, Kyler Murray, to me, is a more talented player coming out of the draft than any of those quarterbacks. Now, is he going to be better than them? I'm not saying that he will be, but I think he's got the ability and the, the, the understanding of the game and the, the footwork to be as good or better than both those quarterbacks. And that's crazy to say for what Drew Brees did in the league. So I expect. I don't know if it's Kingsbury that's going to bring out his, his major talent, right. but I think he's a lot better than people make him out to be. I think he is a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And the fact that nobody thinks that is just, I don't know what you're watching. I mean, the guy's got tremendous footwork. And he is the fastest quarterback in the NFL. I, they're, they're, I don't care what anybody says. Lamar Jackson, he's faster than Lamar Jackson. Plus, he's smaller. So he can hide behind offensive lines and sneak in uh, you know, and really you know, beat you on the outside. And another thing is, Kyler Murray was going to get this contract no matter what, either with Arizona or without him. Right. So for anybody to sit here and say that it was crazy what Arizona gave him, well— I, if Arizona didn't, um, somebody else would. Tennessee would have given him that. Yeah. Miami would have given him that. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings after this year could give him that contract. Absolutely. So I, I don't know why everybody thinks it's crazy that I got a two hundred and thirty million dollar contract.
1: Yeah, the only risk is just the injury at that point. I'm not worried about the one playoff. It's game. a it's a risk for any quarter. It's a risk for anybody. Exactly. So I think if that's the biggest issue that you have with with. Overpaying slightly for Kyler Murray, which the way the quarterback market shakes did up, did they overpay? What are they paying him a year? For forty six the All right, the second 46. highest average annual uh, value to all right. Josh Allen.
4: All right, so 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 what is he is he as good as Josh Allen right now? I would say Josh Allen's a little bit better for what he did last year in the playoffs. Is is Josh Allen that much better
1: than Kyler Murray? Honestly, I would say no. That's what they're hoping they're going to peek into when you're paying him that much. Now again. I don't think overpaying him by two extra million a year, if you want to even compare like the exact average annual values or the exact combined contracts, is that big of a difference of what he can be when other guys are operating at their full potential. Why are we not blaming the Cardinals, even before Kingsbury got there, for having trouble developing the wide receivers since Fitzgerald hit out of his prime and Anquan Bold and the guys they had in the past. They had a lot of receivers that were drafted early that have not panned out as well either. Same kind of thing with the offensive line. They had so many busts in in the offensive line. Those are two key positions in today's passing league in the NFL. The Cardinals, I think, are a good player development team for certain positions. It's just a lot of them haven't been the key positions they haven't been able to produce. And like I said before, they're a bad quarterback franchise. You can't gamble on something that's an unknown when you have something that's a very good known when he is healthy. Now he's got to stay healthy, and they have to build up the offensive line and the scheme Cliff Kingsbury in order to make it work.
4: Speaking of another quarterback, Jimmy G obviously was granted permission to seek a trade. Here's the thing. A lot of people think he's going to Seattle. It makes a lot of sense why he would go to Seattle. Seattle's looking for a quarterback. Drew Locke is still there, and a lot of people think that Pete Carroll is going to start Drew Locke no matter what. Now, Jimmy G has a pretty good record in the playoffs. He really does. And he hasn't won anything, and he has a winning record against some of the better teams in the NFC. The thing is, Jimmy G has been on very good defensive teams. He's been on very good offensive lines. He's been on teams that have very good running games. If he goes to a team that doesn't have a strong offensive line and doesn't have a strong running game, I don't know how good Jimmy G is going to be. Now, when he was on the Patriots and when he played those six games and he was 6-0 and or 5-0, and yeah. the Patriots have always had a good running game. They've always had a good uh, offensive line. I, I think you know, when we talk about quarterbacks that can – uh, be evolution, you know. Be an evolution to the game. You have Josh Allen. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Deshaun Watson. You have Kyler Murray. He is not one of those guys. He's not a speedy guy. He's, uh, most of the people, you know, most of the women that watch the game, they like to watch him because of his looks more than his arm. He doesn't have uh, uh, the league's most dominant arm. I, I don't. I wouldn't even think he has a top ten arm. What makes I think Jimmy G better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL is. Uh, if you give him the time, he'll make the right play, okay? If he doesn't have the time, I don't know what type of quarterback he is because there's nothing that really stands out to me about Jimmy
1: G that uh, makes him a good quarterback, yeah, there's a lot of things that are unknown with his trademark just because of that. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a winning player, but he hasn't always been because of him in the playoffs. He's had some good playoff games. He's had some games where he was carried by his running game, like you were saying. The NFC Championship against the Packers, where he Mostert did all the work in that game and the defense did the rest. Jimmy G won the game, sure, but didn't play great. Even this playoff game, they just beat the Packers. He made some good throws at the end of the game, but did not play well in the snow game. He got, it was the again, it was the defense that really did that, and the Packers' special teams' mistakes. You're not going to give him the credit for that kind of win. Now, he's had some moments, like you were saying, with the Patriots where he came out of nowhere. They beat the Jaguars that season. They beat the Titans, two teams that made the playoffs that year and are good teams. So he's definitely had some good moments, and he's good upsets. They beat the Rams twice in the regular season last year. Fine. But if you're a team looking for that kind of winning type of quarterback, you need to have the other positions around you. Now, Seattle making that kind of trade, they might be doing it just to get some – they might, be doing the, they might be doing it just to get some chips later and maybe some other development if they believe that with these receivers and maybe keep them for one more year so they can sign. Tyler Lockett has a contract, DK Metcalf seeking one, so maybe that's an incentive for them. I also think they also could trade for him and then trade him again in season if they're still struggling and there's a, a team that, let's say, is a contending team that has a quarterback injury, and that could be beneficial Seattle long term to getting some picks back as well. They already got some for the Russell Wilson trade, but still, they still have a lot of holes. They're going to need all the picks they can get. Hmm. well I think when you look at uh what's going on in
4: the NFL there's a lot of different aspects of what the game is going to be next year uh with the quarterback play because you 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 know everybody thinks that you know with with Tyreek Hill going to Miami and with some of the weapons that they added in the offseason 2 it might be better uh, I I don't I disagree with what Tyreek has come out to say <laughs> saying that uh, Tua is a more accurate quarterback quarterback than Patrick Mahomes again I I I think Tyreek Hill is trying to blow up his quarterback because he parted mm-hmm. ways with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Maybe maybe he's right. Maybe he's maybe he's not lying. Maybe we'll see a growth in Tua this year, uh, if he plays a full season. That's the, that's going to be the question of Miami's offensive line and how they could protect him with nobody yeah. standing in front of him. And I don't want to hear Armstead because that offensive line is just abysmal in the middle. Their guard play is going to be horrible, and teams are going to be able to crease that guard. At, you know those guards and get to the you know and put pressure on them with the nose tackles and defensive you know pro, you know interior, def- yeah. interior uh, defensive players that other teams are going to have. So uh, I look at. I look at this season the interesting thing is going to be the AFC and what the, how how much of a powerhouse the AFC is going to be. And and the reason why is because of some of the acquisitions uh that some of these teams these AFC teams either made with trades or signings in the offseason. And a lot of them, you even talk about Lincoln Thomson who's one of the best guards in the league. He went to the Jets. You know, he left the NFC to go and play for the AFC. And we 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 miss out on some of these undergraded players that, you know, could change the way the, you know, some of these teams are going to play this year like the Jets or, or you know, maybe, you know, obviously we know what Adams is going to be. We saw him do what, what he did with the Green Bay Packers. I don't expect him to take uh, that many steps back. Now, no. is Derek Carr Aaron Rodgers? He's not. And anybody that thinks that is an idiot. But I also think that Derek Carr is a good quarterback and I think he's going to be able to get the ball uh, to Adams and, and get him in spots that he's going to succeed. And they have Renfro, and there are weapons there that something that Adams did not have in Green Bay. But uh, the question is, when, when you look at the NFL and, and and where the NFL is going, I think it's becoming more of a running game again. I, I, I do believe that. I think there are more dominant running backs in the league this year than it has been in the last six or seven years. It's not just Adrian Peterson. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Taylor. You have... All these now the, the, you have teams like the Jets that have Brees Hall the the the, um, um, the Patriots have three uh, three headed monster of running backs that can run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage. All these teams have good running games and teams are starting to figure out what you know what is going to take out the clock, what's going to open up the offensive game and the wide receiving play. It's the running game, and I think it's becoming it's coming back now, and I think the game is changing back now. It's obviously the rules are changing it's it's not for the better uh you can't really put your you know hands on the wide receivers you can't put your hands on the quarterback which opens up the game for the offensive style of game but what i've liked about um you know the game and the transition of the game uh, over the last 2 or 3 years is the running games and how a lot of teams are depending on their offensive line and the dominance of offensive line to open up uh you know paths for the running backs that is what i have loved and what i've seen
1: differently now than we've seen in the last couple of years. Running games are a little different because they're not going to be built on the feature back anymore, but they're still very creative where they can be effective in certain running schemes. Even wide receivers are starting to run a lot more often, too. The Rams kind of started that initially when Cooper Cup was a rookie. They were using him a lot. He was the third wide receiver on the team, but they were using him a lot as a guy out of the backfield, and then they started doing that with Robert Woods. And then you're starting to, now you're starting to see teams do that even more often. Now, I don't know if everybody, every team has a Debo Samuel on their team where you're going to get six rushing touchdowns and 700 yards, but you definitely have that kind of a versatility where you're going to add that dimension to your your running game. You were talking about the Jets. The Jets have the three running backs, but they also could run Elijah Moore. We saw them do that at certain points. Barrios is a guy that has gotten, when when Moore was hurt, Barrios got those reps as a that type of player out of the slot too and teams are going to start to value that kind of thing more with quickness because of those rules and also because of the versatility and I also think too because of the way running back contracts are working now too teams being reluctant to pay them they want to have more guys that can run the ball too and be able to play kind of like a load management game like you see in the NBA now Have you ever had a hangnail before? I'm not sure You've never had a hangnail before? If I did I don't know the
4: term have you ever had like you know a nail stick into your skin, which you you're trying to get it out of your? your oh toe? yeah, my toe. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about that. But that's not a hang nail. But okay. uh, have you ever had problems with your 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 toe before like that? Uh, nothing like super drastic, but yeah, I've had it where it started bleeding, it started bleeding. And how did you how did you pick that hang well,
1: that nail out of your skin? What did you do? Eventually, eventually, I had to just slowly, just slowly try to. Uh, not yank on it, but pull it. Like pull it slowly. Pull actually. it slowly.
4: Use something. Cut it. Something like that. I didn't. Use, I don't think I used
1: any blade, if I remember correctly.
4: Well, that's not my question. I. I, I mean, have you? Did you try to cut the skin so it can evaluate? Yeah, the pain? The,
1: I think the skin. The skin came off pretty easily. Anyway. Do you
4: know what I'm trying to get here?
1: Mm, you know no, what I'm talking I'm about? To, no, I'm not. Uh, well,
4: a, obviously, you're just oblivious to the world. No, it was but, a while
1: ago. That so is,
4: not, I'm not talking about what. Never mind. It's over your head. Okay. What I'm talking about is when you when you watch the game of football in any sport, there's always things that can damage a team, but you're always trying to find ways to relieve it, to take that, that the pain, take away take away that that uh, that stress on that area of the of the game to open up other paths of the game. I think when you look at when you look at the game of football, there's you know over the years it's all it's all transfer it's it's changed from a wide receiving game to a running game to a running running game to a wide receiving game. I think now the game has is kind of changed because i, I think it, developing a running game now it opens up the field for these wide receivers and I think the game has changed for that because in the you know, early days, a lot of these west coast offenses were run straight through the running game and and, and I think very much when you look at it more than ever, is, is, is you look at San Francisco and the way Kyle O'Shanahan plays. Yep. He runs, 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 and then he throws once, and then he runs, or he, he uses his wide receivers to run. Right. It, it's run, 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 then throw. Then throw again, and then run, 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 run. And, and that's the... That's what the game is changing to. That's what the West Coast offense is changing to. When everybody thinks the game is more of a throwing game with the West Coast offense, it's not. It's become more of a running
1: game, a.k.a. the Green Bay Packers being another team. Yeah. I think the biggest commonality of any type of offense at this point, whether you're built on the receivers or you're built on the running backs a little more, is motion. And... If you're a running team like the forty ers are, like we they had the highest percentage of it last year in motion of running plays. They even were showing some clips of Trent Williams moving across the line of scrimmage. Their best offensive lineman going off for exotic. By blocks. the way, one of
4: the best moves they made yeah. when and I remember I wanted the Jets to make that move and bring uh Bring him in, and I remember when Washington said that he was going to retire. He oh my a, God!
1: Yeah, I th- he had a
4: heart attack or something. What, what was yeah, going yeah, he, on? He, they something?
1: misdiagnosed. A, he had a little, he had a cancer tumor or something. That's what it was. Yeah, and they misdiagnosed it in in his shoulder or something. I forget exactly where. And leave it to the Washington medical staff. He goes not to know San Francisco, to and he was one of He's the, the, the top best. Three. He was the best performance tackle last year. Top three tackle yeah. in the league. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Great job, Washington. You still have no idea what you're doing, but nevertheless, you see those types of packages where those guys move in motion now too. Motion is the best way to judge what the defense is like to do. We've had many NFL guests come on the show and say that not a lot of teams do zone coverage as well as well because if you're staying in one place, it doesn't counter well with motion. So as a result, we've seen more combo coverages and more man. So whether you're a running team and want to do exotic running types like that, like you saw the Saints used to do, even when they didn't have great running backs, you saw guys pull over and do screen blocking and toss blocking and stuff like that. But also if you're a receiving team, you want to get those guys on your routes quicker than not have to be pressed to the line of scrimmage. I I do
4: want to, before we get our guest on, we have 15 minutes. I want to get into this Yankee-Mets reported. uh, Supposedly, uh, it's been reported that the Yankees and the Mets are very interested in Juan Soto. And I I could see why. Juan Soto is a fantastic player. He's one of the more evolutionary, uh, evoluting, uh, is that the right word? Evolving? Uh, Not evolving. I would say... He's been one of the faces of baseball for the last couple of years. Uh, What he did in the playoffs a couple of years ago to help the Nationals win the World Series, and and, and what he has done so far over the last year, year and a half, has been extraordinary. And he's playing on a national team that has no talent whatsoever, okay, Uh, and... And his numbers are down, and it's crazy to say that his numbers are down when he still has twenty home runs. And he's still batting almost two seventy, and he has, I think, almost fifty RBIs. Fifty
1: seven RBIs on yeah. a team—that's dreadful.
4: Okay, so that shows you the talented player that he is. Now, let's go into the, let's go into the Yankees first, because a lot of people, a lot of Mets fans, want this to happen. If you were a Yankee fan, and I know a lot of Yankee fans don't want to see Juan Soto go to the Mets. Why? Because they're on the other side of the river and the Mets and the Mets owner is spending tons and tons of money after giving it to the shortstop and giving it to the pitcher uh, why are the Mets going to win out a bit I know Yankee fans are upset with the whole Aaron Judge thing I mean his uh you know his replies to the questions at the All-Star game on his thoughts of leaving the Yankees and he didn't really show any remorse or any thought that he's going to go back to the Yankees. I've been telling every Yankee fan that, that he was never going to sign back with the Yankees. There was a reason why when the Yankees were talking about an extension, they weren't going to go higher than what they offered him. And One of the main reasons why is they don't want to show anybody or any teams their cards going into the offseason when he becomes available. Now, I look at this, you know, Juan Soto thing. If I were the Yankees, I would do very—I would do as much as I can to sign my player, then go after go after a guy that I'm going to have to trade away a ton of prospects and pay him. You know, when you look at Aaron Judge, you don't want to pay your best player, you don't want to pay your superstar, but you're going to go out, show your superstar that I'm going to go out, I'm going to trade away all my prospects or good prospects, and give him the contract that he wants, worth about four hundred million dollars, when you're not going to give that to your star player. That doesn't make sense. And that's why, if I, if I was a Yankee fan, I'm not going to sit here today and say, oh, the Yankees would be stupid not to bring Juan Soto in. Because if they lose Aaron Judge, which they probably are, they're not dead in the water. And is Juan Soto going to make it a fix? No, because even if the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge, guys, even if the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge, this team would still be in first place and still have the best record in baseball. So why? Why do the Yankees need to spend $450 million on a play to prove a point? The Yankees are still the richest team in baseball. They are. They are. Now, they don't have the richest owner, but they have the richest team. Now, if the Yankees want a player, more than likely they're going to get him, no matter who the owner is, no matter what other owner wants him, because the Yankees have more assets and the Yankees have more money to do that. Now I, I sit here today, and I look at the, the 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 way the game has changed, and 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 now with these players are demanding their way out, and they they want to go where they want, and uh, they're not starting signing their extensions because it's not enough money. And, and you look at fifteen years, four hundred and forty million dollars, and you say to Juan Soto, "You're twenty two, twenty three years old. Why wouldn't you take it?" And and the reason why I'm not extending anything past nine to eight years. And the reason why is is because in eight or nine years, there'll be a new CBA, and most of these players are going to be making 60 to $70 million a year. Because pitching is going to be different. Because now you're not going to overextend and pay starting pitchers. Because you're going to be running everything through your bullpen. So you're not going to have to overpay a Garrett Cole for $38, 39000000 million. You, you'll, you'll pay your bullpen, each of your bullpen guys 5 to $6 million a year, and get seven for the price of one. So I, I if I was Juan Soto I, I know the money's going to go into the everyday players so why would I sign a 15 year deal that would be stupid in his point
1: yeah not only that you're going to have initial you're going to have payroll going up progressively, I know the league hasn't grown as much as it should in what we've seen in other sports, but the way economics works too, is just the overall value of a contract is going to diminish a little bit just based on that in terms of the power of a dollar individually. So $29 million in average annual value is 15th currently. That's going to drop off not only when other guys get paid, but when that value goes down progressively throughout that contract. 15 years is spanning from when you're 23 right now in Juan Soto to when you're 38. So that's just- That's You're going to be your whole career. If you make it that long and stay healthy, good job. Uh, Juan Soto hasn't had any injury issues to have to worry about that kind of thing. But why would a player that's so good and so durable as it is right now want that kind of thing? And then you have the Nationals, which are a team that it's tough to trust right now. They were bad for the whole stretch of when they were the Expos outside of the 90s. And the Nationals, even when they started up, uh, until they got Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg, they were nothing either after that. So they've not been an organization you could trust with decisions. And so why would you want to commit to that kind of thing? Now, Juan Soto hasn't labeled any other teams that he said, Oh, I want to be traded to the Mets. I want to be traded to the Padres, whatever the giants, whatever teams have been interested in. him." you said, Texas and the Yankees, there's a couple others too, but he hasn't labeled anything specific like that, but it just seems evident. He wants out of Washington. So that's the dilemma. Now, in front of the Yankees, I don't know if they're in the same boat as the Mets in terms of prioritizing Patrick Corbin taking that contract on as much, but it'll be interesting to see if that'll be the main thing in order to get the money off versus getting more prospects. I would try to get more prospects over the Nationals, but if you're in a, a, a team that's going to be encouraged by Corbin, there go for is it. no way in
4: hell he's going to be traded to the Mets. And if I, there are going to be like four or five teams willing to take. Patrick Corbin on to get Juan Soto. I, I absolutely believe it. It's not just the Yankees and the Mets, okay? And why would the Nationals trade in the same division if you're going to have to see Juan Soto every single year for the next 10 years? I can't see them. If the Nationals do that, they they have to be one of the stupid, more dumb organizations in, in all of sports. You don't do that. We've never it, – it, with the talented players we've seen come in and out of all different leagues – how many times do you see uh, a, division, a division team trade in the same division? It doesn't happen. Not for a player that good. It, no. it doesn't happen. So the chances, and I, I told that to Josh, and Josh doesn't want to hear it because he thinks that Steve Cohen is just going to spend the money and do whatever it takes. It doesn't always, buying players doesn't always answer the question on being a championship team. And that's, what, that's the problem with a lot of Met fans. And, and it's turning into what the Yankees used to believe. It never worked for the Yankees. It never did. When the Yankees brought in Jason Giambi, did they ever win? No. When the they only won one championship when they brought in Alex Rodriguez, Mark DeShera, CC Sabathia, and AJ Burnett one time in 2009. Once out of the five six years that they were dominant dominant championship teams. Okay, so to sit here and think that this is going to work for the Mets, it's not. And I know the Mets to laugh, ah, ha, ha. it doesn't matter because Steve Cohen will spend the money. Steve Cohen has to make that money back, okay? And everybody keeps saying, well, he's a hedge fund guy. That's great. Right now, Steve Cohen doesn't care. But as the economy starts to dip and people are, you know, fans are sitting there saying, why isn't the team winning? What is Steve Cohen going to produce? What is he showing the fans by spending money, not winning, losing in the first round? Going to the World Series and choking. Okay? Because right now, if you look at right now their division, and I'm going right here, they're up on the Braves for two and a half games. The the Right now, the Braves are not even in a top seven, top eight in salaries in all of baseball. The Mets are, I think, number two, third, or number three in baseball. To the Braves that are not, I don't even think you are in the top ten. No, I doubt it. So... What does that tell you about the Braves and their development of players? And the Braves have money. They have one of the richest owners in, in Turner. Turner Sports, everybody everybody know who he is? He could spend money. He's not Steve Cohen. But if he wants Juan Soto, they have one of the top three farm systems in baseball. They can get Juan Soto if they want him. They, were one of the, they look like one of the smartest organizations, giving Acuna a 10-year, $100 oh, yeah. million dollar contract. Yeah. I mean, if you sit here today and you wonder, you know, when you're trying to compare and compare, you know, contrast some of these teams, buying players don't win you championship. Now, right now, the Mets are 58 and 35. They didn't have, they don't have their full, you know, you know, rotation yet. And when DeGrom comes back, heck, they'll probably be dominant. But for how long? And is that dominance going to take it all the way into the playoffs and win? Max Scherzer didn't win it for the Dodgers last year. No, with Clayton Kershaw, didn't happen. So what makes everybody think that this Met team is going to be better? That Dodger team was much better than this Met team last yeah.
1: year. Yeah, the Dodgers are still are, are still the most talented team. In I'm baseball. not talking
4: about this year. I'm talking
1: about last year. No, 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 not this year. That no. Dodger team was better than the Mets this year. Yeah, we know we've said it many times that baseball is not going to have these big dynasties like you see in other sports, especially with basketball. So again, they're not going to pay and spend money in order to be that good. That's going to be the expectation because of money. That's going to be the expectation for any team that spends that kind of money. So whoever takes on that kind of level, do of do you concept, trade
4: away your prospects? Do you trade to, to, to bring Juan Soto in and pay him? Do you I, do that? I would rather do it with the Corbin deal. Would you do it? With the Corbin deal, I would. I don't know about. You're going to trade your best, uh, your best prospect in Alvarez and um, Beatty. And 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 probably a couple of I don't know they they're probably gonna have to give more than two
1: players if the Corbin if the Corbin how do you know that are it? you
4: sure are you are you hanging well, out gonna, with the Mets? it's going to
1: reduce it not team, by not, much not, not, not just for the Mets not by the, not by much it's a big contract it doesn't it, matter it's it'll a big be, contract it'll be, it'll be it'll be it'll reduce it for any team not just the Mets that's why the Braves you think just... the Mets so they take Patrick Corbin they are only gonna have to give away two prospects I disagree. no 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 not two prospects but less less than they would have had to they're, they're gonna,
4: gonna have to give away five they're
1: prospects. they're gonna have to give away guys on the major league roster. Too, but Tyler McGill is the most likely that I've heard is going to be in that trade. Now we've also heard Jeff McNeil as being a guy that could be involved without the without the Corbin contract in there. I just think it could be motivation for the Mets too. He's not going to the Mets. I don't know why any Mets fan.
4: T- I'm willing to bet it here. Everybody says right now, right now in Vegas they have the Mets absolutely winning this sweepstake. I'm willing to bet you all. Here's the bet. I bet you hundred bucks. Anybody want to make the bet? By the trade deadline, I don't care when it. Unless he's a free agent, he's not going to the Mets. The Nationals are not trading him within the division. There will be other teams willing to take Patrick Corbin's contract. So get that through your heads. If you're a Met fan and you're going to sit here and say, we're going to get Juan Soto, there's not a chance in hell you're getting Juan Soto. I'm telling you right now. I don't know why you Met fans think it, but I guess you Met fans think that you're 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 the Yankees and the, like the Yankee fans. And I'm a Yankee fan. I'm going to tell you, I don't want Juan Soto. I don't want him because I don't want to give away top end prospects. And everybody's going to say, "Well, you don't know what these prospects prospects
1: are going to be." I don't give a I don't want to say it on live radio. I don't give a crap. It also is the incentive too of what the value could bring because Patrick Corbin is a guy that we know is has been a good pitcher in the past. Now he's been bad the last two years, and that's why they the Nationals are trying to move this contract. Now, and if I was the Nationals right now, I, I'll take the two. I'll take your two best prospects. I'll take Pete Alonso. That's what I want. Well. I think, I think the Nationals, I'm surprised they are even bringing up Patrick Corbin's contract to begin with. I, I think they should try to move him in a separate trade because you're going to get less forward. The same thing I, think I said with the Dodgers with Mookie Betts a while ago, why they were taking on David Price and uh, why the Red Sox didn't get as much back for what they could have when they took on David Price's contract. It made no sense for either team. And that's why I think the Nationals, I, I, don't, know why, I don't know why they would move Corbin and that kind of thing. Now, I think the Mets are going to have to trade more than another team if they were to take on Corbin's deal just because they're in the division. Same kind of thing with the Braves. That's why it's going to be very hard for that kind of thing to happen. That's why we're saying the Padres as a team that's pretty realistic. Obviously, the Dodgers are another one that you can never rule out for whatever reason, but I don't know if the Dodgers have that kind of money, but you you can't rule them out. And there's other teams, too. We listed the Rangers, we listed the Cardinals, a couple other ones that were in that mix. Nevertheless, the mets have the incentive too for corbin because they need the relief pitcher too. So even if they have to take on that money, Steve Cohen's willing to do it. I think they should try to pursue it if that's the case. Now, it it's, it's going to be pricier than other teams. It doesn't hurt to try though and inquire what They're, they're going to
4: try. Then I don't think there are going to be six, at least five or six teams that are going to offer the willing to take Corbin's contract. Of course. Five or six teams. Yeah. And by the way, the Mets farm system is not amongst the, you know, the Braves or the Cardinals, or, or, or the te- Texas Rangers, teams that have been bad for many many I'm so tired of hearing guy, like guys like Josh saying, well, we had a good draft this year. How do you know you had a good draft? Because the prospects show that you were, they were good? The same thing you guys thought last year when the pitcher, Rocker, mm-hmm. he was drafted, and it winded up that he, he, the, he, did, the, Met, he the Mets couldn't, didn't want to sign him. And now they got an extra first-round draft pick this year. You don't know what these guys are going to turn out to be. And you don't know what – you have no clue. Just like Josh says, you don't know what a prospect is going to be. So sitting here and saying that the Mets dominated the draft this year or sitting here to say that the Mets are going to get, uh, you know, Juan Juan Soto. Juan Soto, I would say it's 101 that the Mets aren't getting Juan Soto. A hundred – to one. I don't care what Vegas says. Yeah. Because
1: because Steve Cohen has all that money. Yeah. Before we go to break, I just want to mention, too, there's it's probably going to take out half of the teams that would want the Juan Soto-Patrick Corbin combo just because, one, either they don't need the pitching or, two, they don't feel like they're going to have the owners that, they're, that are going to pay Patrick Corbin's contract the rest of the way. It also could be traded again if they don't want to have Corbin on the team. So, it definitely does not rule out things. If they want to... I think the Mets also have the incentive, though, to use him as well as some other teams, I think the card I think too. the
4: Nationals would rather trade him to the Yankees than the Mets. they'll take less from the Yankees than than
1: the Mets and I, I don't want them well no the Met, the Met the if they trade with the mets they're going to they're going to play hardball with them because they're a division team now that might benefit them in terms of getting more prospects back, but yeah, they're going to definitely be harder on the Mets and the Braves than the other ten teams. none of those teams, none of
4: the divisional teams are going to get one soto I'm telling you right now the Braves the Mets none of them they're going to try to move Juan soda to the american league you watch it and it makes a lot of sense why they would do it here watch out watch out for houston a team that has a lot of prospects they're playing good baseball they just swept the yankees in a, in a doubleheader today uh i and they're they're in second place right now in the american league they're tailing very few games behind the yankees i think i think they're only 6 games behind the yankees right now uh to have the best record in the american league I mean, Houston's got a good farm system, too. So yeah. uh, I don't be surprised if some a team like Houston jumps in on this, the Rangers jump in on this. Uh, I don't see the Red Sox doing it, but no. uh, Chicago White Sox yeah, jumping another, on this. That was another one I mentioned like three months ago. I yeah. mean, don't, don't think that the Mets, just because it, it says that the Mets and the Yankees are one and two to get him. I don't care what Vegas says. It doesn't make sense. I told Josh this today. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense why they would, they would trade him in a divisional, uh, a divisional team. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I wouldn't do that if I was the Nationals. I don't care if the owners are going to be there or not. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to off-the-ball um, off network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton here on the Sports Loudmouth.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths.
4: 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSR, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, Again, I'd like to thank uh, thejumpball.net, Mo Dacchio for joining us, and this is a basketball night, and why not bring in another NBA expert slash, I guess you could say NFL expert as well. We are now talking to off-the-ball network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. Chris, what's going on, man?
2: Man, what's going on, fellas? How we doing? How, oh, how the loudmouths
4: doing? Oh, we're, we're loud. Well, loud. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's crazy. I mean, we were getting into baseball. We were talking about the Mets and the Yankees and this Juan, Juan Soto sweepstakes. I, honestly, I could yeah. care less where he goes. And, 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 and it's, it's probably not on any of these New York teams. It, it just, it's just – it's a story, and everybody thinks because both teams have the money that they'll go out there and go fetch for this kid. I, I, yeah, I think I it's see, a dumb I'm
2: a Mets fan, but mm-hmm. I'm not a delusional yeah. Mets fan. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not anticipating or expecting Juan Soto on the Mets mm-hmm. at all, but, uh, you know – I'll gladly welcome him on the lineup. You know,
4: I'm right sure I, I'm sure you would. I, I think anybody <laughs> would open, you know, open up their clubhouse to Juan Soto because he's Oh yes, he's, open arms
2: and everything. Yeah. I'll be there to greet him. Oh,
4: so. absolutely. But I <laughs> I can't see the Nationals. I don't care if the owners are selling the team or whatever the heck they're doing. They're not going to trade him. It, whoever takes over that team is not going to want to see Juan Soto play in the same division and have to see him 16, 17 games. Every single year, I don't care what the prospects the Mets are going to give up. None of those guys could be Juan Soto.
2: So it's like that constant reminder of your ex girlfriend. mm -hmm. You know, you want to continue to see your ex Mm -hmm. day in and day out, day in and day out.
4: I agree with you. So, a lot of we get into the NBA, and um, obviously, so much stuff is going on this offseason. There are so many names that have popped up that want to be traded. Uh, The NBA obviously has become a prima donna league. Where NBA yes. players not happy where they are, trade me or I don't want to play there, and you're, you're you're wasting your time because I will sit out for the season if it comes down to it. The the big name here in New York is Donovan Mitchell. I, I mean, a lot of people believe he's been pushing himself out of Utah. He's the number one team from the beginning. James Dolan or no James mm-hmm. Dolan, it has been the New York Knicks. We were talking at Mo Dachille. If Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Knicks, now he doesn't think that that's going to make a difference. I believe Donovan Mitchell becoming a New York Knicks with the players that they have, if they don't have to trade obviously uh Julius Randle and all they got to trade is prospects and maybe two young players. I mean, this is a pretty right. good roster uh, uh, you know set up. Where do you see the Knicks if Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Knicks?
2: They'll definitely be a playoff team. I can see them being maybe a uh... Five to seven seed. Really, it really kind of depends too on just the rest of the NBA landscape. Like if the Nets keep Kevin Durant and don't trade him, so I feel like the Nets would be really good. Of course, the Bucks, the Celtics, you have teams like that, and I think that next tier of teams, then you'll see the the Knicks creep in and be in that conversation.
4: You know, I I disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because the Knicks two years ago with just Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and the pieces that they had. They were a fourth seed, almost a third seed. Now you add Jalen Brunson and, Jul- and uh, Jalen Bronson and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is the top 10 player in the league, and nobody can argue that. And J- uh, Jalen Brunson, who is not.
2: Donovan Mitchell, top 10? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, that's spicy.
4: You don't think so, that's- huh?
2: I'm not going to put him top 10. Yeah. Really? He's. He's a top twenty-five, top twenty. Really? Player.
4: You don't Five. think he's a top 10, ten player? That's I don't think interesting. He's
2: a top ten player, me personally.
4: That's that's interesting, but I think he is. A, a guy that averages almost twenty-six points a game gives you about six six assists a game gives you about seven rebounds a game. I think he, I think he is. He's been an all-star practically his whole career. So, I, uh, yes, I mean, yes. you put Donovan Mitchell over there, in the Knicks. He's in the prime of his career. He's twenty-five years old. These guys are they're still fairly very young. I I mean the Knicks were a fourth seed, and, and 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 you put him and Jalen Brunson on this team. They're they're much better than that Knicks team. So I I disagree. I think if the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell, I think the Knicks are a fourth seed, maybe even a third seed. I I don't really think the Eastern Conference is that. I the Seventy Sixers don't scare me with James Harden. The guy doesn't show up in the playoffs. I don't know what the Nets are going to be. Let's be honest. I, I mean, we, KD. One of these guys are going to be gone, and what, what are they going to depend on? Ben Simmons. I'm not going to bet on that with their. And and they have no. They have no young talent over there in Brooklyn. They
2: I, don't. But that's why I feel like they, there's no chance that they trade these guys. Mm. There's there's no chance. I really feel like that the Nets trade Durant and Irving. You have to run it back, and you can't feed into the players. Durant signed a four-year deal. Mm-hmm. He has three years left. Mm-hmm. And now you all of a sudden want to go. You can't just say, all right, we're gonna ship you off. Like you committed to this team. So make him stay mm-hmm. and play through his commitment. So yeah, I mean the Knicks, they'll be a good team, but I mean, it's, it's gonna be what year. I'm not speaking
4: as a Nick fan. I'm, and I am a Nick fan, but I'm not speaking as a Nick fan. I'm just looking at the talent. And and if they're mm-hmm. and what we're hearing. It's Obi topping quickly and five first round draft picks. If they do that, they keep Quentin Grimes, they keep McBride, they keep they they, they keep their young players. They still have Robinson, who they just signed. Uh, they have mm-hmm. Julius Randall. They trade Fournier because they have to match up the contracts. That's right? right. Uh, I mean, and their bench is pretty good and pretty young still. I and and these guys could develop. I I think I think this this team is a lot better than people are making them out to be a six or seven seed. I think they're much better than that. I I think they're much better. These are conference stinks. I I can't sit here and think that Philadelphia is going to be as good as they think Toronto. Come on. What scares you on Toronto? Barnes. I I mean,
2: that's it. I I mean, Toronto's up and coming. Yeah. I
4: I mean, but I could say that about the Knicks too. I mean, you just, you can't, how about the Atlanta Hawks? Yes. They added a point guard. That's great. They got a good backcourt. What about their front their front guys? Or what about their bench? They lost some bench players this offseason. I can't sit here and say, think that Atlanta's that much better either. The Heat, they're not going to be much better because they're going to lose Tyler Hero no matter what. They're trying to move him to try to get something for him. But they're going to lose him. So they're not much better. They're going to lose their sixth man because he wants to start. So Milwaukee, yeah, but they're getting old. Chris Middleton's getting old. He can't stay healthy. I mean, the Greek freak is, is, is still young and still good but are you going to depend on some of the players that they have over there to to really produce in a seven games? And you know, everything with the NBA goes to, you know, it, it, it the regular season means nothing. It's all about the playoffs. Your yeah, seat. It's all about the playoffs. Yes. Right. So, I mean, sitting here, the Celtics, they got better with Brogdon. Brogdon hasn't played a 70, 70, 80 game season since he's come into the league. So are they much better? And the answer is, I don't know. So, yeah, I think the Knicks are, if they get Donovan Mitchell and Brunson, they've been the biggest splash in the offseason in the Eastern Conference.
2: But yeah, I mean, the thing I'll just be interested in seeing is how that backcourt defends. Yeah. So they'll really need Mitchell Robinson and guys like that on the front court to really hold it down when it comes to that rim presence, that, uh, that rim protection. But that'll be the interesting thing. If those two can defend, because we know they're going to get buckets. We know what Brunson can do. We know what Mitchell can do. But if they can be just average league average on defense. That'll be the thing that can really uh, let us know if the Knicks will be for real. And can Tibbs not wear down the guys? Mm. We, you know how it is with yes. Tibbs the first year he's with the team. Yep. The team plays well, the season you just mentioned as things progress and continue, that could be something that uh, might be interesting. And maybe the guys will see if they really warm up to Tibbs and if uh, everything works out. Cause that's just kind of been the history with him. That first year, the team's great. Then as it continues, teams kind of you no. Know, remember,
4: Remember and- this name, Kenny Atkinson. He There was a reason why he didn't take the Charlotte Hornets job. I believe that. I've said that before. I, I wasn't surprised. I told that Speedy over here. I said,
1: mm-hmm.
4: there's a reason why Kenny Atkinson didn't take that job. And, and I really believe that if Tom Thibodeau why, this year does not really produce where they expect him to be, He's gonna be gone and they're gonna bring Kenny in. It makes a lot of sense. That'd right? be a great hire. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: So I was Kenny's legit. Mm-hmm. He
2: he got a raw deal over in Brooklyn when, when yep. everything played out. Yep. But you know, with what he had and to build it up and the season they had with D and those guys with that young team, that series they had with the Sixers, mm-hmm. he really did some good things. So he's definitely one of the the better assistants. I'm glad he's he's still with the dubs for now, but you know. <laughs> We'll see how things Uh-oh, work. Oh,
4: Golden State Warriors fan. I thought you he was a <laughs>
2: sports fan. Look, I'm a I'm a real Warriors fan though, yeah. okay? So I'm, I'm gonna give you guys a little story. I'm from Mississippi. How are you a Mets? How are you a Mets fan? in Mississippi? Oh, exactly. Okay, so in Mississippi, we don't have pro teams. Mm. So I have free reign to to kick back. And watch TV, why would
4: and you pick the Mets of all teams? I blame
2: David Wright. Uh, okay. Jose Reyes, oh. Carlos Delgado, those guys. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. uh I'm still sick about Beltron striking out looking, but you know that's a story for another day. Mm. But anyways, um, <laughs> as so, Monte Ellis is from Jackson, Mississippi, mm. about an hour from my hometown. So he got drafted to the Warriors, and you know ever since then been rocking with the Dubs. Mm. So I went through the We Believe years. Um, saw us, you know, draft Steph, keep Steph. Keep Clay Thompson instead of trading him for Kevin Love and everything worked out. It was a good investment. I I got the stock at its lowest.
4: (laughs) Mm. Well, I'm not going to argue anything with Steph Curry with you because you probably completely disagree with me. So we'll get off that subject. So I wanted
1: wanted to ask about the Jalen Brunson, both the contract and the fit with the Knicks. What did you think about both those scenarios for them? And what do you think could be his full potential as now, I guess, the biggest role he's going to have?
2: I think his full potential could be uh a, a guy who maybe every now and then might make a might make an all-star team. He has the skill, the 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 savvy, you see him on the court, you know. He 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 gets to his spots, can get buckets. So uh I feel like with the role that he'll have with the Knicks, it's possible too that you know, because we don't know if this Mitchell trade is going to happen. So it's on him to really kind of make it happen at that guard spot. So he could be a guy who maybe makes an all-star team, he'll definitely be like a 20-point per game score, around maybe 20, 22 points, someone like that. And uh, I think it's a solid fit. You're kind of taking a chance with the smaller guards. I'm not a fan, a big fan of having the smaller guards. But, you know, with what the the wings you have, with RJ, you have Robinson on the inside. So there's pieces around him that can make up for his deficiencies. Hmm. So I think it's a good fit.
4: As everybody knows, we are talking to Off the Ball Network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. Um we we go into this offseason and Rudy Gobert was the biggest shocker. Uh the Timberwolves make the trade. They give away five first Danny round draft a, picks. What yeah. a
2: finesse. Yeah, for, well for Rudy.
4: Danny Danny likes to rip people off, as we all know. <laughs> I, I mean, we you know, his last name is Ainge. I I would say uh I would say Danny Cheapo Ainge. I would say because he he <laughs> he has been robbing people since the beginning with the you know obviously the Nets trade and uh, that's yes. where he's become the more popular uh, GM, aka president of a team. But, Why do
2: people still answer the phone when he calls?
4: I don't know because he's. If got... I see Danny Ainge
2: calling my line, I'm not picking it up.
4: No, because he's going to rip you off. And and I the same thing. Everybody knows that Donovan Mitchell wants to be a Nick. And uh, and and the Knicks are the only team right now that could probably make that move because Miami can't because they can't fit his salary in there unless they trade away a bunch of pieces and and they don't have enough prospect, prospects like the Knicks. Nobody do. wants a
2: package yeah. around Tyler Hero.
4: No, I so mean, no. so <laughs> there's nothing. So the Knicks are the So the Knicks are going to be betting against themselves, but knowing Danny Ames because they, he has that little toy, he's going to dangle it until he gets what he wants. So if I were the Knicks, I'd just sit back and let him. You know, let him choke because he knows that Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be there. Donovan knows he doesn't want to be there. So mm-hmm. the Knicks just have to sit still, realize that nobody else is out there to give him what he wants. And, and the Knicks will give yeah. him the draft stock yes, no that they hurt. want. No. And I, I think that's, what's, that's why everybody keeps thinking that this trade could, could probably take the rest of the offseason before it happens. But, they uh, even go
2: to the, the trade yeah. like they're betting against yourself.
4: The Rudy Gobert trade, they got players and they got picks. What were your thoughts mm-hmm. when that trade happened?
2: I was like, "Whoa, oh, that's a that's a lot, uh, a lot of picks." That's so. Uh, I thought it was. I think it's a good move, though. Honestly, too, though, for Minnesota, mm-hmm. like I really think if it works out, it'll be very interesting. But you're moving Cat to his more natural position, and and letting Rudy be able to hold things down defensively inside. The only thing though is, can Cat defend? in crunch time can he defend against you know those fours those players who will be playing the four position which might not necessarily be a power forward a lot of times we know how the nba is his positionless basketball so you might have a wing who can handle the rock um playing that spot and now it's cat matched up against him trying Mm -hmm. to defend him so we'll see uh how things work out but i'm I'm very intrigued it's kind of taking me back to you know how basketball was how it used to be where you had the, the two bigs, the double bigs on the court. Um, so we'll see, you know, that everybody has has zigged and Minnesota's kind of zagging, and we'll see if it works out.
1: So the value of that trade is now being compared throughout the other these other trade markets now, even with maybe players that we don't even know as you get traded. Do you think that is going to be the basis of any top players getting traded, or do you think that could be the exception to the market with how much the Jazz got back?
2: I think it'll be the exception because, um, you know, we've heard about like just saying Kevin Durant again. If you think you're going to get that same value and some for Durant in a trade, it's it's just not happening. So I feel like each trade is going to be its own entity. And with this one, with Gobert, you know, it's just Danny Ainge working his magic in. Pulled off a move for a team that was very desperate, apparently, to get Rudy Gobert and to pair him up with Cat and Anthony Edwards and see what those guys can make happen as their own kind of big three. But yeah, I don't think this will be the the how the market will continue to be um, when it comes to making trades.
4: You know, it's it's so interesting when when you when you look at the league, Chris and. Uh, the dominance of some of these younger players like John Morant and uh, even Williamson, who getting the contract that he got this offseason, he hasn't played yeah. a game in almost uh, really almost two years. It's it's crazy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he got a two hundred million dollar contract. Devin Booker gets a two hundred million dollar contract. Yes. I mean, these two hundred million dollar contracts are getting thrown right now, and and you listen to LeBron James and he says that the game hasn't been better. You know, over the, you know, it's gotten better over the years, and I, I think it's gotten worse because of the three point shot, and now everybody has to score. You know, shoot twenty threes to win a game. Yeah, when you yeah. when you look at the game right now, like you see the star, stars that are in the league right now, do you think the league has gotten better or gotten worse?
2: I think the talent pool has definitely gotten better. I think there are guys just across the league who can just get buckets who are skilled there's a lot of skilled players just down the rosters. I mean, even look at guys like I, as a Warriors fan, um, I've seen Jordan Poole's ascension. He was somebody that came into the league very raw. um, And he's put himself on the map as somebody that should be getting, you know, is is, going to be very coveted and probably be one of the star players moving forward in the league, possibly. But um, I just think the IQ, the application of basketball has fallen off. It's all about the – the flashy moves guys can do all that stuff. Everybody wants to create their own shot, but when it comes to just the X's and O's and playing basic basketball and making proper reads and maybe not necessarily the flashiest move, but the move that's most efficient and will get you that same two pointer that you're trying to get. I don't think guys are doing that anymore. So yeah, the talent level is high, but the actual application and just savvy of uh, playing basketball I feel like it's dropped off.
1: So in terms of the way teams are structured now. You were talking about it earlier where the ball handlers don't always have to be point guards and stuff like that. Sometimes you see it be the wings. Sometimes you see it be the fours. Mm -hmm. I think both the centers and the point guards, there's not a lot of great ones in today's game and they're not being prioritized as much. Do you see a league now that's more maybe big men shooting and wings really taking over all five positions? Definitely.
2: Definitely. Um, I mean, look at the the Celtics. Um, They ran their offense through Tatum. Tatum is... In today's basketball, he's a four man, but he was the essentially their point forward. He had a lot of responsibilities when it came to running the offense for them, and we saw it in the finals where he, he was struggling because of the attention that the Warriors put on him on defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, there's less centers. You got guys like, what, Jokic, Embiid, Cat, that you can dump it down to down low and let them post up, but look across the league who else are you giving it to at the block and letting them go to work or at the elbow and just say hey do you it's not really what's going on with big man you set a screen you roll or you spot up in the corner if you have a shot but uh besides that man you know centers aren't out here creating offense which is why we I think we love guys like Jokic so much because they take us back to the Mm mid-2000s where you had big men who could uh get buckets even the The 90s, of course, with Carl Malone and guys like that on the block. So, yeah, it's it's definitely very rare, and uh, I agree with you.
4: We are talking to Off the Ball Network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. Um, Russell Westbrook has been Uh, a name dangled around. I mean, the L.A. Lakers just didn't work out over there. Uh, If you look at Russ's numbers, they're not bad. They're they're actually Mm -hmm. really good, 18 I think he averaged uh, nine and eight or something, almost a du- triple double again this year on a team that obviously uh, really fell apart this year because of their age. Mm-hmm. LeBron James had one of his better years. It's crazy to say that, but uh, it didn't show because the team sucked. Um, <laughs> when you look at Russell Westbrook, and now, t- you know, teams are saying that they'll take his contract if you give us a first round draft pick. Is there any team out there that would be interested in taking away our aging player that really just didn't look good last year? Mm. In their eyes, they didn't look good. I I think it's numbers show that he he's still a pretty decent player.
2: There, there should be. I would think if the Hornets, teams that aren't known commodities for getting free agent talent, if you take on that first-round pick and you can see what that pick becomes, kind of like – um how the Nets were, I talked about the Nets, you know, earlier in our uh, this interview, but when they had D'Angelo Russell, they made that move, taking a chance on players and taking on contracts, getting young talent or a veteran that costs too much mm-hmm. and get a first round pick in the process and trying to build a roster that way. I think a team like the Hornets, maybe the Pistons, someone like that could take him on and get that first round pick as well and continue to see, you know, what you can develop and what young talent you can get in. Because some of these teams just have to know, like, you're not going to get free agents. We know where the free agent, the, the teams that are going to pull those big guys. And it's not normally the Atlanta Hawks, the Detroit Pistons. So teams like that, if you could take on maybe a guy who's past his prime, but get a first-round pick or two in the process to eat up that $40 million contract, and you don't think you're going to win that year, why not? It's all about the bigger picture.
1: So being you're a Warriors fan, one, we've heard Steph Curry reach out to Kevin Durant and try to reunite in Golden State. So do you think – how much leverage do you think that has when Kevin Durant left Left for a lot of factors there? And two, what do you think would be a realistic trade package for Kevin Durant to the Warriors if that's the case? Ooh,
2: realistic? It has to include weight Just, I mean – He's been a good piece. He showed himself to be, honestly, the second best player on a a title team with how he played this past season and his performance in the finals. So you're going to throw Wiggins in there. Uh, I have to get – I'll have to get Kaminga, Moses Moody. I would try to also get a a Jordan Poole and probably three – you know, two unprotected picks and another uh, protected first. So you'll probably try to get three picks out the deal. But you gotta bring in those guys like Kaminga, Poole. Cause Wiggins isn't enough. You're really selling yourself on the young talent the Warriors having becoming something. I'm taking Wiseman, Kaminga, all the young pieces from the Warriors. Get as many as those guys as I can and contract fillers and let the headline of trade be Andrew Wiggins. That's the kind of move I would look for if that does happen. And what was uh the first thing you asked about? I was gonna ask like
1: how realistic you think that really is like Kevin Durant I, wanting to come back. I really don't
2: think it's realistic at all. I don't I don't see the the double dip happening. Um and I it might sound crazy. I don't want to see it happen. And I'm a Warriors fan, but I love basketball. and I just really don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see this precedent set. Guarantees you a championship again next lead. year? Yeah, it does. It does, but I mean, if Kevin this if Kevin really like he might not really care. He's, okay. he's we've had the the legacy tweets, but like you don't care. Uh, as he a competitor, it, it just nah. It just wouldn't sit right with me. And I don't think I just don't think he wants it that way. I hope he doesn't. So nah I don't think it's realistic.
4: I, I don't think it's realistic either, but I, I think Kevin would absolutely open arms go back to Golden State and win another championship with that team. <laughs> uh, he'd be the number one option. It wouldn't be Steph, it wouldn't be Clay, it wouldn't be any of those guys. He'd be the number one guy. And he knows it. The only reason why he left there is because he wanted to do it himself. But it just doesn't. It's it, Kyrie, he should have known. Going and playing on a team with Kyrie, uh, yeah. you're going to have bumps and bruises with him. And in, in with yes. him, you just don't know what to expect with the guy. I think Kyrie is probably the most talented player in the NBA. I, I, I If Kyrie just kept his mouth shut and just played the game, I think he's the best player in the league. I, the problem with Kyrie is he doesn't shut up, and he just says the things that he says, and he doesn't care of the consequences that come out of his mouth. So mm-hmm. that's the problem with Kyrie. I Everything else, Kyrie fits so yeah, the anywhere. there. I mean, yeah. he's
2: a number one pick for a reason oh, yeah. in his draft. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, like you said, you know, we kind of – we got to – A glimpse of how things could be we saw how it ended in cleveland we saw how it was in boston Mm -hmm. you know you got to pay attention to those things and you know Kyrie, he's he's a lot he he brings a lot not just to the game to the court but off the court too and if you aren't built for that it's going to turn out like it has with uh with those two
1: So I, I want to shift because I know you work in uh, you work in Kentucky, you work in Lexington specifically. I want to yes. shift. I was one of the people that was busted by this, the Kentucky basketball team this year. Are they still like having trouble getting over that bad loss? Because I was actually one <laughs> of the one you know, getting busted when they got knocked out.
2: Yeah, no, the guys they've uh, they've actually kind of moved on pretty well. I would say they're they're pretty hungry. I think they definitely want to redeem themselves, kind of wash off that that funk, that stench. That the peacocks left behind against mm. them. Interesting season. They'll they'll be pretty solid, but that was crazy last year. I don't think too many. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't think they would lose in the first round. I didn't really have them making a the run to the championship like a lot of people did because I think they were the favorite on the bracketology. Some people. Oh, was the favorite. P- I
1: think they were third.
2: They were third. Okay. Yeah. I know for a while a lot of people were picking them to win, um, but. Yeah, they'll, they'll bounce back this season. Um, I just wish I could watch Shaden Sharp in a Kentucky jersey. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all good, though. Uh, I'll be okay.
4: You're also a big 49ers fan. And... Oh, you know it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir.
2: Hold on, hold on. Uh, got, got the keys right <laughs> there. There you go. It.
4: I see it. <laughs> now, obviously, there's a wide receiver on that team that has been expecting a big long-term deal and hasn't gotten it yet. And to me out of the all the wide receivers that were available that did get an extensions, did get extensions this offseason, I would say mm-hmm. he's the best one out of all of them. Why are the 49ers sitting back and letting this guy get even more angrier at, by the day?
2: Uh cuz you see how Kyle Shanahan uses him, mm-hmm. you don't want to invest big money on a player that you know you were just sending him out there to get just take what? on what 20 hits a game at least. I mean, he's getting 10 touches, 10 carries. You're you're throwing the ball to him, you probably target him around 12 times a game with the screen passes and actual routes. So he's he's taking on a lot of hits at that position and you don't want to pay a guy 20 20 million, 20 plus. For everything, you know, for uh, what four years? He's 26 so, years
4: old. He's still very young, and
2: still is. But he even suffered some injuries too. You a sound bit like you want to get and rid of him. Second season, he did. Yeah, you
4: sound like you want to get rid of him.
2: I don't want to get rid of him. I just understand why we're not paying him. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at this like uh like Lynch and Shanahan are. You know, we'll, we'll use him as long as we have him.
1: And I'll put it like that. He'll be but gone uh, next I'm year. Is he a free
4: agent either. after next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes.
1: Yeah, because he was a second yeah. round pick. He wasn't a first round. So he,
4: pick, he's so. a free agent. So if you franchise him, you're just gonna you're gonna piss him off, and then he's not gonna want to play. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: he's not gonna want to play. He he actually showed up. I was very surprised he showed up because if I was him, and I'm looking at all these other wide receivers making the money that they're making, he's much better than they are. He had a 1600 yeah. yard season this year. I I would be pissed off. One of the main oh, yeah. reasons why the San Francisco 49ers were in well, they were in the NFC title game was because of him, okay? Him, oh, yeah. not he, Kittle, he us, not George Kittle, not Jamie Garoppolo, not that offensive line, not that running game that didn't show up in that game. It was him. And in the fact that they're not respecting him enough to say, hey, you know what, you deserve a three-year extension. Let's give you... Let's give you like 17, 18 million a year. You know, you deserve it. And that's, that's even on the cheap for what
2: Adam got. I don't think that's what he wants. I don't think he would agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably, he probably wants 22 plus. I mean, you look at the contracts, like you just said, the other guys are getting. So give him, give he him, knows,
1: give him three years. He knows the 20? second he
2: signs, like he's allowing himself to continue to be this hybrid.
1: That's so give him. He yeah, yeah, he to wants used. to not be used as that, but he wants to be paid more than that. Yeah, so kind of weird. Give him, give him three years,
4: twenty-two million a year, uh, worth about sixty-six million. I think that's a fair, fair move. I mean, he's worth that. That's worth it. I, you, I know you don't want to give him a five-year deal, a four-year deal, or a five-year deal. That's fine. So give him what he's worth. Don't sit there.
2: That's fair. I, I also think too. I think these teams have gone with the philosophy that you see the Chiefs kind of taking the Titans taking they'll you'll use a, a wide receiver up for that first little portion of their career that first five-year window and then if they when they want that big money let them go I well mean, shoot, even the Titans they beat A.J. Brown to the punch you know they went ahead and flipped them to the Eagles and I don't said, think Kansas get, City will get the next A.J. Brown with Traylon Burks yeah
1: the Titans are also one of those teams you can't really trust with developing wide receivers, though outside of AJ. Styles. I also don't think <laughs> Kansas City wanted to trade Tyree, uh,
4: lose Tyree Kell. I think the the whole point with Tyree Hill is t- there was a lot of things going w- within within the Andy Reid situation mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes. It's not, I I don't think it's a story that Tyree Kill is taking shots at, you know, since he's been traded. He's been taking shots at the organization, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the way he has. I think it's a lot more entailed. I don't think it had anything to do with the money. I think they were going to pay him. I just don't think they were going to pay him, you know, the money that he got. But uh, I, I... I, I think Kansas City wanted to resign him. I think they, but they have to worry about either Kelsey or him. And I think Kelsey is more important because of what he has done and what he's been for that organization.
2: And he's that safety valve. You know, he made the big catch against the Bills that put them right there to, to hit the field goal. So, it's harder to find a talented target. Yeah, right. Yeah.
4: It's harder to find a, a dominant tight end like that for, than a wide receiver that you can go into the draft every year and find yourself exactly. a guy that – So that's, that's what I think
2: the 49ers will do. I honestly think – I'm not sure if Debo gets that that contract. I, I think but there's a stays. reason of all the wide receivers he's the one that hasn't gotten it because he's the one that takes the most uh, – the toll. He's getting hit like a running back. He's up there running through the offensive line. Like he's, he's out there running routes. He's doing everything. So – uh there's, that's the reason.
1: Big mistake. And you also have to think big of it, too. Mistake. <laughs> John Lynch is far from stingy. He, he pays guys a lot of money, sometimes overpays them, and that's why sometimes yeah. he's been stuck with a lot of bad contracts as a result.
4: <laughs> he's also made bad moves, Yeah. Uh, yeah obviously drafting really
2: big contracts.
1: Samuel
4: uh, 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 Thomas. Who, by the way, oh, yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, Tom and Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, over uh, Deshaun Watson. No, not not even that. Over Marshawn Lattimore. If you guys had Marshawn Lattimore, they <laughs> would have beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But not even that. I, right. I mean, I mean. Or if they just ran the football. Yeah. Because they had know, a front seven. They had a front seven. That was great. Their secondary wasn't
4: that good, though. Tom and Thomas, when he left... He he played better where he was. I think he went to where did he go? At the uh, F- the Raiders, the Raiders. He played well with the Raiders. He played okay years. in a
1: platoon role. Yeah. yeah,
4: he played well. He didn't play okay. He played well. Every you go look at his numbers when he was playing. He played well, and now he's playing with the Jets, and he played better with Robert Sala there. So maybe he'll be he'll be better as a backup player. But I, that was a terrible move when they when they they drafted him the way they drafted him. He's yes, been a bust. Yes. So, but we've seen that before. No, just because you're a first round draft pick doesn't mean that's going to work, you know.
2: Exactly. Kimberly. Yeah, and um, yeah, we probably have a couple championships if we do get Lattimore. Let alone Watson. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'd be interested to see how Mahomes would have fit in our system and uh. Hmm.
1: I don't think and they were. It's, gonna, it's possible they were going to get my. I, I wasn't. Anyways. I wasn't. I wasn't under the impression at the time they were going. They were going that hard for a quarterback at the time. They weren't. I thought the front seven though was still pretty good, and Lattimore was perfect, like for that like speed corner they needed. And you think about like Richard Sherman, had a nice year that year for 2019 for the 49ers, mm-hmm. but no, like their still still really secondary the still court. wasn't yeah. great. Yeah, Verrett was hurt. So, that didn't year. they just
4: trade it two years before that. They traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Why were they going to look for a quarterback?
1: Well, no, they traded Jimmy Garoppolo
4: that they did. year. That Trained year,
1: second second round pick. All
4: right, so. That why would they? Why would they be? You know, drafting a quarterback? It would be a mm. stupid move by them. They didn't have Garoppolo then.
1: It was that year in the trade. De- That's the trade what dead I just
4: line. said. Why would they draft Patrick Mahomes when they knew that they were going to go after a quarterback in, in, in trading? I, they weren't getting Patrick Mahomes. They weren't interested in Patrick Mahomes. Did you hear anything that year that they were looking for a quarterback? They weren't. They weren't. So, I, I don't know why, where you're coming up with, uh, you know, Speedy, with what you're saying. But no, whatever. Uh, the, the draft was before that, as well. I, I
1: understand that.
4: Go, Go ahead, on. Speedy.
1: I, I just wanted to mention this because as a, as a, you're a 49ers fan. Uh, two years ago, I actually had a very interesting fantasy day with that. Brandon Iuka, I had on my team because I drafted him late. He was a rookie that ah, year, so I drafted okay. him late. He actually turned pretty good. And then Kyle Juszczyk. So I added Kyle Juszczyk when I was out of it at the end of the year, and I named my team I
4: Chris, don't <laughs> listen
1: to him. His, his fantasy
4: team stink. His, I, fantasy, I, I, I team his, stink. his fantasy team stink. I need to be in the league. I'm talking about the I name.
1: The, I, the, na- the team was bad. The name wasn't good. But he was good, IU, because uh, the late-round pick that year. And the rest, of, IU, my, the rest of my team that, uh, wasn't that good. I ended up with league. Christian McCaffrey that year. He got hurt and a bunch of other guys that weren't that good. So, yeah. but, uh, Hopefully IU bounces back this season.
2: He should. Uh, he kind of had a disappointing year last year. He year, was
1: never so. targeted in the beginning of the year. And then they just stopped Mm-mm. using him. So it might be like may... in a doghouse. house. That is a uh, Trey sermon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't remind me about Trey sermon, but I just wanted to ask <laughs> you now speaking himself, of Trey, James that's James funny. James. You brought that up. I wanted to ask you about your realistic, th- your expectations of Trey Lance this year. Now, because it seems like Jimmy G is getting traded. I
2: think he'll be, I think he'd be good. I think he can be great for fantasy and it's tbd to see how it will be when it comes to uh, actual wins and losses. But I think he'll be a good quarterback. Um I I don't have high expectations this season. I mean honestly, even I'm even I'm a Niners fan. We don't know much of anything about Trey mm. even going back to his college tape. I mean, mm. so we wasn't much were all tape. waiting to see like just is does this guy really have it? You know, it's one thing to dominate at the level he was playing at, but um so we'll see if it kind of carries over. I, I'm really interested to see like what the system is with Trey Lance as quarterback. Do you let him run free the Colin Kaepernick kind of stuff, you know, with the read options? Um, Cause that's really his bread and butter is running the football. We know he has a cannon mm. of a norm, but can he make those, those touch throws? I'm not sure, especially this early in his career, but I know he can run. So I think he'll be a, a great fantasy quarterback TBD on the wins and losses.
4: Mm-hmm. We are talking to Off the Ball Network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. Um, talk about the NFL as a whole. What stood out so far this offseason? Obviously, it's a couple of weeks away. OTAs. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, you know the quarterbacks, the the different teams, the changes of some of the different players. So far this offseason, what has stood out to you more than anything in the NFL?
2: uh well we learned that uh zach wilson has that dog in him that's what stood out the most but um no seriously though let's see probably i like that i'm curious to see how the eagles are Mm -hmm. you know jalen hurts he he has the pieces now you have a.j brown devontae smith so you have some options um miles sanders is a solid running back So there's some pieces there for uh, Hurts. I'm very curious to see, like, is he that guy? There's no excuses this season, I think. You know, the players are there for him to have a good season. So we'll find out if the Eagles have a, a franchise QB.
1: So I want to go back to the uh, 49ers just was, was like a Jimmy G now formally announcing that he has permission to seek a trade. Now Baker Mayfield just got traded. Seattle mm-hmm. is that last team left. Like are they going to trade in division or do you see maybe another team swooping in where he might be get traded to? Because he might just be a backup <laughs> somewhere this year and I don't know if he's going to want to be that. Yeah, yeah,
2: I don't know if anybody is honestly going to swoop in and trade him. He might honestly he might just get cut. Mm-hmm. He might just get mm-hmm. released. I think that's very possible because you. I don't think you want that dynamic of Jimmy still when uh, it's supposed to be Trey's time. You know, I think you need to go ahead and cut ties. But um, yeah, I, I don't see even a in division trade. Definitely not trading to Seattle. Um, we'll see if somebody else kind of swoops in. There's the the options are pretty limited. Everybody yeah. has either made their move or is already set with their mediocre to good to great quarterback. So on, um, there's not really many options for Jimmy this late in the game, I think. But injuries happen, stuff happens. So you know, the league is always changing. So somebody might say, you know what, let's go get them if they get desperate enough.
4: Do you, do you Speedy, you want to ask him about what they're saying on the, on the feed? So so they could stop with this. They're they're so annoying. These two idiots.
1: All right, Uh Jeff wants to know the favorite spot for a hot brown, whatever that is.
4: Hot
1: brown. I don't I have no idea what that is. No Jeff idea. you want to apply any context that would be helpful. The best hot brown. I have maybe I, maybe done. it's a Mississippi thing, maybe that's why he's asking. I don't know. Jeff, you might have to provide some context. I'm on that. Myself. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, uh, all right, all right. So I don't brown. even bother then in that case. <laughs> I, don't, I don't
4: know, I don't know. they are two idiots. I wouldn't even have to answer them.
2: They're yeah, two rules. idiots. Oh, it's in Kentucky. Okay. Oh, it's in Kentucky. I haven't tried the hot brown yet. See guys, I'm new. I've uh I've only been in Kentucky for like eight years. Hot months, brown so sandwiches. I, there's or still a lot I have to check out. So okay. uh I'll get back to to Jeff and on that. All right. I don't
4: think you
1: need to get back to them because they're too idiots. Do, <laughs> all right, so it's a sandwich. All right, so if you do ever if you do ever try it, maybe we'll 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 give a review next time you're on the show.
2: Yes,
4: yes. You know it it it's Going back into the the NFL and and some of these quarterbacks that might be on there last year, Daniel Jones being another one. I mean, mm-hmm. Jameson Winston, James Winston could be could be don, gone this year if he doesn't stay healthy and he doesn't get this uh, Saints team into the playoffs. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo it looks like he's gone. I mean, uh, the Viking uh, what's Kirk, it? Cousins. Kirk Cousins could be gone. Kirk I mean, a yeah. lot of these starters could be you know bouncing from one team to the other. Uh, is there a single quarterback that you see this year on their last year of their contract or maybe a surprise out of some of these quarterbacks that really stood out, stand out to you that could have a surprise year?
2: I think, you know, Daniel Jones, he could be interesting. Um, you, get, you get a healthy Saquon. Uh, you have guys like Tony. You uh, – you also have, I saw, uh, you know, I know a lot about Wondell Robinson. He's very talented. Um,
4: so, you really like that move? A lot of people questioning that move.
2: I know a lot of people questioned it because it's almost like you just drafted Tony all over again. Similar yeah. skill set, similar size. Um, and you also drafted him at a premium, too, in the second round. You know, but... It could work out. Maybe they know something we don't know. Tony has had injury issues. He's someone who struggled to stay on the field. So maybe he's like that, that guy you can depend on when Tony is out, um, if they want to move on from him in the future. But Jones, he's he's interesting because he also can run the football too. We've seen him have some big-time games. Mm-hmm. We've seen him have some, some bad games. I feel like his ceiling is almost probably the highest that could be on the move, maybe on a different team. So uh, if Daniel Jones puts it together – I'm very intrigued and interested because I like his skill set. He's a big guy. He can run a little bit, has a good arm, and – I mean, can we really judge him? He's been on the Giants. I agree so, I mean, with you. We're just going to be real.
4: I agree with you with everything with Daniel. I like Daniel Jones from the beginning. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think they need to give him a protection. I think now they add the two tackles that they have. Uh, if this offensive line can stay hold and Saquon actually could stay healthy, it'll open up the play action for this guy to not drop the ball and, and put it in position, yeah. put him in position to succeed. Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, who wins that job? Baker. Really?
2: I'm gonna give you the Baker. Mm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I think we know what. I think we know what Sam Darnold is. Um,
4: Do we? They just- lost. They lost Christian McCaffrey, and even they were three and zero, and then they lost Chris, and then they weren't the same team. I I I don't know if we know what Sam Donald is. If obviously he needs a running game, you need a running game. They didn't have yeah, a good backup do. running running back, and I think that was a big problem. And then they lost more for a significant amount of time too. I think they lost they lost him mm-hmm. for three or four games, and that hurt him too. So, do we really know what Sam Donald is?
2: Yeah, I mean, shoot, sure, he. <laughs> He, he likes, uh, he isn't the most athletic, but he mm-hmm. became almost a running back for them. He was all, also doing a lot of running. I was leading the league in rushing touchdowns. In like week seven QBs or eight, or yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Five like rushing he, touchdowns. Uh, so, um, I just, I'm not really sold on Sam. Uh, I kind of think he's one of those guys, too, where it's either the guy's wide open, or if he doesn't, if it's not there, he's just going to maybe tuck and run like he kind of did last year. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was just a, a product of the situation you right. just talked about. But um. You just—they just made a move, Baker. I don't think you do that if you feel like you gave Sam up a fifth round draft pick for job. him.
4: I think that was worth it. I mean, you get Baker Mayfield for a fifth round. You had to give up a two and a four for Sam. I mean, and the Jets yeah. are running with it because they got Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> At least, yeah. So yeah. I don't think the Jets are complaining about that right now. So nah, the Jets are looking
2: great. Uh, it's a good time to get some Jet stock. If, we'll uh, see. We'll see. If people are out there.
1: I can't brag about that right now. All right, so my, my last question, Jeff, I'll make up for it, even though you didn't know about the sandwich. I'll ask you about some college football. I know you've uh, SEC Media Days this week. I don't know if you were covering any yes. of that, but uh, I'm, I'm Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky football's got a little bit of some expectations this year, too. They got a big quarterback in Will Levis, a, a running back with a great name, with Kavosi Smoke. Uh, Kavosi I, Smoke, I, yeah. Smoke. I know you, uh, <laughs> Jeff, I know you love that. Uh, so, what do you think are the realistic expectations for Kentucky in a tough SEC? Realistic,
2: honestly, is to be at least second in the SEC East. If things play out like they should, you have a quarterback who a lot of people believe will be a first round pick in next year's NFL draft with Will Levis. Um they have they brought back all their linebackers. The defense should be pretty good. Um the running back, their starting running back Chris Rodriguez is back as well. You have the pieces. Uh I feel like the East is the weaker division of the SEC. It should really boil down between Georgia and Kentucky. I see them possibly going 10 and 2. I feel like is very realistic. The ceiling is 11 and 1, and wow. they shouldn't lose no more than 3 games in the East. So they should definitely be the second team in the SEC East. Possibly possibly outplaying Georgia and they could make it to the SEC Championship game. Sounds crazy. I know we talk about Kentucky basketball being so great as a, a basketball school, but the football team they might be the team that has the better season of the two school of the two teams this upcoming year.
1: Actually, uh one of our fans, Jeff, has actually called. He wants to ask you a question. Jeff, you're on.
2: My man,
0: I respect What's up, Jeff? all of your takes. You seem very knowledgeable, but you need to quit Kentucky football right now. Did you see what Will Levis does to his coffee?
1: Oh god,
4: the man. Ah, oh, man. Man oh, no, in the prison. mayonnaise. Yes, yes. Oh, that's nasty. Yes. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh yeah, it's gross. He, he
2: just tried it. He just tried it. He said, "You know what? I'm just put some mayonnaise in, stirred it up. And, I like mayonnaise, and it but head. I don't even
4: like coffee. I would not put mayonnaise in my coffee." But look,
2: that lets you know he he has that dog in him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna quit Kentucky football. That lets me know he'll go to war. He'll make it happen. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, if the, whatever resources you got, if you just got some some mayonnaise on the, the sideline and he needs to get right he'll – Take a squeeze of that mayonnaise, get back on the field. He's good to go. So, no, I'm not quitting Kentucky football.
4: There you go, Jeff. Any other questions? And if Cavassier
0: Smoke isn't the best name in college football, I don't know who owns it.
2: It's top five, definitely. Just starting off with Cavassier. But then for the last thing to be smoked to, perfect. So, yeah, it's definitely top five. He,
0: he, was, football, he was a, a second-place finisher for me last year to
4: Smoke Monday. <laughs> smoke Monday. <laughs> What names, man?
1: Jeez. SEC football, We're all I guess smoke their parents. I guess their parents thought they were we going to be athletes.
4: Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Some of these names That's an are SEC ridiculous.
1: football thing. Smoke. And, and, and smoke. if oh, a,
4: yeah. a cognac company
0: has not thrown all the NIL money at Cavassier Smoke, <laughs> what are we actually doing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the cognac and we need a cigar company, too. Yes. Get him, get him some Hennessy and some cigars, you know, Kavase
1: Smoke. Perfect. Oh, you're a Hennessy oh. guy. Don't tell J.R. Smith. <laughs> but first
4: of all, shout out to J.R. Smith. I mean, he just graduated mm-hmm. from college, man. Uh, I, oh, yeah. I, I, unbelievable. And, and he graduated with all honors. So and,
0: and more importantly, played for the golf team and actually played pretty well. North Carolina ANC, we love
4: it. Yeah. He, he, he yeah, t- loves it. I, congratulations Definitely. to uh you know, Jr. Smith, who worked really, really hard to get his degree, and he graduated with All-Honors, and that says a lot about who he is as a person, so... Uh, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's amazing that he thought
0: getting a college degree would make people forget that he dribbled out the clock in a loss in the NBA Finals. Oh, that's
1: why he
4: graduated
1: with honors Oh, he, did, he, <laughs> he definitely didn't graduate in mathematics, that's for sure. <laughs>
4: can 't say anything bad about, oh, about a man. person that goes out and 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 gets himself a college education so uh that's something oh, yeah, we, yes I, I respect him for that he didn't need it i mean he's a multimillionaire he doesn't need that, but he went out and he did it and he didn't he didn't even and, and you want to know something nobody did it until he graduated so it that's that's what makes it even more amazing for the fact that he kept it under the you know under everything under the under the bed under the whatever. To, yeah. and, he, and then when he, when the he did it and he graduated, it, it's, it's, it's amazing the way he did it. So, uh, Jeff, anything else for our, our guest? Yeah, if, if my man hasn't had the hot brown
0: sandwich yet, can he end the debate between Gold Star and Skyline Chili?
2: Which does he prefer? Uh, I haven't had the chili yet either. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, God, I've been going he's to new. He's he new, great. Jeff. <laughs> well, you, are you telling yes. me the man has The next time I'm back on the show, and... I'll have an answer to both. I got you.
4: He said the next time he's on the show, he'll answer to both. He just got there. He's only been there for a couple of months, man.
2: Eight months, he said. Are you telling me
0: the man hasn't had a meal in eight months? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's
4: a guy that likes to stay home and make his own chili.
2: Yeah, Yeah. you know, homemade chili. Uh, We we got the catfish going. I make some catfish. Are you
4: married, Chris? Nah, Nah. You got a girl? Nah. Oh, look at that. So Chris is a single guy, and he makes his own chili. You can't. Yeah, all you, you know? Li- do you
0: know why he's single? Why is that? Because if he was making hot browns, he, he'd be taken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Somebody <laughs> would scoop me up if I'm, if I'm making hot brown. I'd be off the market. She get a hot, a hot brown's t-shirt
4: and walk around. I make hot browns right in I the. I hot browns.
2: That's what it is. I thought I needed to change my cologne up, but that's. Dude, what it he is. won't I even have to
4: I slow down. They'll be jumping in the car to
0: go get a hot brown with him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jeff, is that if it is that a spicy sandwich? Because that could be another nil deal for smoke.
0: <laughs> dude, it's unbelievable the hot brown. If You ain't had a hot brown? Oh my god, dude! It's the best wow. hangover it food, on, like the Atlanta, best I, I hangover
2: food on the planet. Kentucky from Atlanta.
1: There you go. Seal of approval. Best hangover food on the planet. You're
0: not, <laughs> you you <laughs> Go ahead and look that sandwich up and look at all the stuff that's in it and tell me you don't think it's the most delicious thing you've ever had. I mean, I've been to Lexington and had one. Dude, they're amazing. Where'd you go to get it?
1: You want to know where you went to get it, Jeff?
0: Um... Whatever that hotel was, there was it was some hotel that was like supposedly like the originator. Because in Lexington, there's a big fight over who originated the thing or whatever. It's like a, like a it's like a Pat versus Geno's kind of thing in Lexington. But some I was at some hotel. I went and played um, uh, the Polo Fields Golf Course that's in Lexington. We all went out and got drunk, and then they were like, oh, you got to go get a hot brown, and I did, and it was magical. <laughs>
2: It's magical. <laughs> magical. All right. so uh, magical. The magic seal of approval from speech, Jeff. I'll have an update. Definitely. There mm-hmm. you
4: go. Jeff, thank you for calling. Cheers, gents. Jeff,
2: Thanks, Jeff. from Tampa.
4: Uh, but we really appreciate you joining us, man, and giving us the time uh, as always. You guys. uh Tell the fans how they can follow you on social media.
2: Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton, B-O-L-T-O-N underscore 12. Also on Instagram at Chris.Bolton underscore, of course, I'll be tweeting about a lot of Kentucky stuff, Kentucky football, basketball, baseball, high school sports, but also I love NBA. I love NFL. So I'll be tweeting about anything and everything, and probably uh, hot brown sandwiches now, and also <laughs> you'll catch some music tapes uh, as well. well so.
4: We really appreciate you joining us. We'll get you on again. Speedy will reach out to you. We, you are awesome. We really appreciate it.
2: I do know. I appreciate you guys, man. Definitely. Keep doing your thing. I Thank love you, man. it. Thank you. I Thank love the energy. I love the show. So Thank appreciate you. you guys having me. Thank, Thank you.
4: you. Uh, we were just talking to off the ball network NBA analyst and reporter Chris Bolton. Uh, it was a great show. It was a uh, lot of football, a lot of basketball. That was really the main parts of the show. And great guests, as always, uh, Mo Dakiel and uh, Chris Bolton, two really, really talented guys. Up and coming. Uh, we know what Dak Hill could do. Uh, this is the first time uh, Chris has been on the show. And Chris, uh, you know, gave us some really, really good takes. His thoughts are going in the NBA, uh, NFL, uh, you know. And now... He's got a nice little sandwich to
1: eat. You yep. should <laughs> come back with some food sampling first. There us. you
4: go. You got Jeff and Snug who are all about their cupcakes and food, you know? So, oh, yes. You know, Chris will learn a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe I, I bet you, I'm, I'm s- willing to bet you that Jeff and Snug are <laughs> going to follow Chris Bolton now. And, uh, you know, talk about all the different foods that he could be eating in Kentucky right oh, I'm now. I'm sure
1: Snug is already scouting out the best cupcake places in Lexington. <laughs> I'm sure.
4: I mean, he, now that he thinks that I'm a moron and he thinks that, uh, you know, I'm not a lawyer and I haven't studied anything when it comes to uh, law, uh, I'm just a stupid-ass moron. But thank you, Snug, for giving us your phone call as well today. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. Uh, again, like to thank our guests, Mo Dacchio from uh, Jumpball.net. Mm-hmm. And uh, off the ball network and NBA analyst reporter Chris Bolton. Um, yeah. Uh, listen to the Weekend Crunch every single Saturday at 7 p.m. if you live on Long Island. Or go on iHeartRadio and listen to us on iHeartRadio. Again, we'll be back on Tuesday. Stay tuned as we get more guests and more content for you here on the Sports Lounge Good
2: night, everybody. You're, you're,
0: you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.